pain. Pain is all I feel right now. I feel great. As the LSU Tigers took their L to that Crimson Tide. To the Alabama Crimson Tide. Say it with me, Nathan. Roll Tide, baby. Kelly Killers. And that has been the end of College Kings episode 11. We love (laughs) No. Welcome back, everybody. Like I said, pain. Pain on my side. And glory and amazingness. For happiness on my side. Yes. Very much so happy. For our co-host here, CDM. How we doing, brother? Besides that oh, win, man. how was your you know, weekend? Doing good. Doing good. It was a fantastic week of college football. Had some winners, had some losers, had some losers, had some uh really had some close games, had some OT games. Um, can't wait to dive into it and see what everything's been about. But we've had some had some really big stuff come up in college football, specifically with the Big Ten, not just yes. Michigan, but with other Big Ten schools as well, mm-hmm. coming into this cheating and sign-stealing scandal. Mm. Yeah, and good highlight there. That's some of the things we're going to be talking about with headline catchers, as well as the Dallas Turner hit. People have their opinions. We're going to give ours real quick, and we'll show you all the video of that one as well, as well as USC making the firing of a century getting rid of Alex Grinch they may able to maybe they might be able to play some defense now so no. we'll, uh, no. all right nah. so yeah nah. all right we'll talk about all of that and give our thoughts on the the move from USC as well as maybe who is the best one lost and undefeated teams remaining in college football then we'll give you a little bit of a recap of the week 10 games awesome massive games that we like CDM said wins and losses that we're going to go through your boy was so close on a couple of them and he missed so sadly it was a bad week of game picks as well for Nathan Lee Nate Dog and I'm now down four games to the one and only CDM how do you feel about your lead right now bro Dude, I'm on fire right now, man. I'm on fire. The la- the two games last week that let me down, I did pick Kansas State to beat Texas. That was one game that went to overtime. Very sad. Um, we'll jump into that later when the game recap. And I also picked Oklahoma to beat Oklahoma State, and they decided to shat the bed. Yep. So, yeah. But other than that, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm still riding on that Colorado pick. I will always say that when it comes to game recap. Colorado, thank you so much. And now Colorado is absolutely nothing at this point. Like, yeah. right. They have fell off the mountain. But, you know, it's been a, it's been a very competitive season. I'm loving it. Yes. Hey, they, they competed. They competed without Shador when he went out in the last game, got hurt. But, hey, you're right. They have fallen off the planet, off the face of the earth. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about everything else and winners. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Colorado. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, but that's okay. pretty much it. And then we'll obviously give you all our top six teams, Heisman Watch, and our updated playoff prediction. It's getting a little tight, getting a little interesting. It's getting to that time now. Yes, it's getting it to is. the nitty-gritty. As well as this massive game in the SEC that was going to lay the foundation for the team that wins in the SEC West. It was an amazing Amazing football game. And we'll get all into that in just a second. But we're going to take a look at one play that really stole the show, sadly. And you never want to see a play kind of steal the show when it comes to the after effects of a game. Um, it, people are going to have their opinions. There's always going to be an opinion when it comes to a play like this. And, yes, there's mad people. There's sad people. There's happy people. There's people that feel like their opinion matters the most. At the end of the day, it's a play that – has too many question marks around it, and we're going to talk about it. That Dallas Turner hit, we're going to give you a little bit of a look for the people watching. We are going to give a little bit of a commentary here late in the game. LSU, Alabama, Dallas Turner up the middle, pops. Bang, right there. 
And the question is, was it targeting or not? And now me and CDM will give you our thoughts real quick here. Tough play there from Tough Dallas play. Turner. It was, it, was a, it was a football play for sure. Um, I'll kick this one off real fast, yeah. being the Alabama fan. So the both NFL and college, it's been very weird. We've never we it's the rules have changed so much with targeting with roughing the passer that we really don't have a description of what true what it truly is. So targeting from the head or neck area up, if you lead with the crown of your helmet, that is targeting. That is an automatic ejection. Um, still should be right. I think it is, it is. still automatic yes. ejection. You can still sit on the sidelines if you're in college. Yeah. Um, that play right there. I I don't I didn't see him lean with the helmet. I didn't see him lean with the crown of the helmet. Should I think it should have been roughing the passer because he did come down with all of his body weight on him. His head did hit the ground pretty hard and knock him out the rest of the game. Me being the Alabama fan, I am, you know, I have a soft spot for LSU because you're my boy. Um, you know, it really broke my heart to see Jaden go down because, you know, as I said before, without him, that team is basically just not the same as it is any other team so you know it was very hard for me to see that happen but at the end of the day uh at the end of it i just didn't think it was i don't think it was targeting i didn't see him lean in with the crown of his helmet i didn't see him go anywhere i mean the hit was close for sure the hit was close up here in the head or neck area but it was kind of like in the chest as well but people also have to realize that if you're a defensive end you're going at a thousand miles per hour okay dallas turner being one of the best edge rushers in college football is going at a thousand miles per hour. You cannot stop somebody. It's hard to stop your momentum when you wrap somebody up and fall to the ground. We've seen it in the NFL. We've seen other players in college football happen to it as well. Um, in my opinion, it should have just been a roughing the passer call. Now, Dallas Turner has had um, some skepticism around him being a dirty player. Last year, kind of happened with Quentin Ewers as well during the Texas game. Dallas uh Dallas wrapped him up and yeah, this is the took him down post. the ground. Yeah, yeah the this uh, Nate Dog will show us this right here. Um, mm-hmm. There's also a couple other plays as well from Ole Miss last year as well. Mm-hmm. So um, no, no video. Oh, you want me to play? I'm gonna play him real quick. Yeah, play the video. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show him. Hang on. One so second. one second. Here the, we go. Let me pull it up. The play last year against Texas was kind of like the same way. Um, to, he wrapped Quentin up and took him down to the ground, kind of like he did Jaden Daniels. But it wasn't called targeting because he didn't hit him in the head or neck area. He just took him down and lost and put all of his body weight on him. And it's super hard for a defensive player, any defensive lineman, to wrap the quarterback up and not try and put all of his weight down on him going down to the ground. So I don't really think it should have been that. Another play against – there's two plays against Ole Miss last year. One was an obvious face mask against Dallas Turner. He did accept that. There was no really arguing against it. Um, obvious penalty. And then there was another play, which was kind of dirty, you know, when Jackson Dart got taken down to the ground by him and Dallas Turner did shove his face in the dirt a little bit. Here's the play, right? Oh, well, we had it and then we lost it. But this is right here. So Dallas Turner gets the sack right here and then goes to celebrate. And that's kind of dirty right there. I won't lie to you. That is really, that is a dirty play right there. I mean, you don't shove somebody's face in the ground like that. He's not the first person to do it. He won't be the last person to do it. Um, I do not think Dallas Turner is a bad, is a dirty player because we've seen everybody else who's watched college football has seen more dirty plays than that. Nobody can fool me about it or lie to me about it. Dallas Turner is not a dirty player. Um, I just think he gets some – I think he gets some – what am I trying to say? 
he just gets talked about a lot just because of the way he plays, the aggressiveness that he plays with as well. I mean, once again, being one of the best edge rushers, yeah, it is hard to defend Dallas Turner. I mean, you had him and Will Anderson on the on the edge last year. So, I mean, having those two coming at you, it's going to be hard to defend both of them. And for him to come around there and just wrap him up and take him down to the ground, I didn't see anything that needed targeting. Now, should it, been, now, should it have been reviewed? Yes, because targeting calls are usually reviewed by the booth. It was not reviewed, which was kind of weird because, as me and Nathan were talking about, some closure would have been nice. Some closure would have been nice at, the, at that play. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think it was. I think it should have just been a rough in the passer. Um at the end of the uh, at the end of it, you know, I wish Jaden Daniels a healthy recovery as well. I hope he's back for next week and the remainder of the season, because uh, that means I mean, dude's a baller. Dude's baller. a stud. We've seen it for the past two seasons. Uh, man, if he does not lose that Ole Miss or Florida State game, and this is only his first loss of the season, we could obviously see him winning the Heisman. I'm not going to say Heisman Heisman hopes are not gone for him, but um, you know, at the end of the day, they are um, LSU is kind of. Uh, trying to figure out what to do now with uh with the team in general. But at the end of the day, you know, it's football. You have to let the boys play. And um I'm glad it was not – I'm glad he wasn't thrown out, but I do think it should have been reviewed for sure because there was – I mean, it was close. It was a very close call for sure. Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest thing for me. You know, watching it full speed for first first thing I thought was trying to come in this obvious target. I mean, that's textbook. Yeah. Even like, and I'm I hate Gary and um whoever the heck the other guy uh, Gary and um I can't stand Gary Al or whatever the heck the other guy's name is um off the top of my head I just lost it. But um um usually I never agree with them. When they first said it, they were like, oh, it's textbook, and I was like, that looks pretty textbook. And you watch it again, and then you watch it again, and they don't even review it. You're like, well, maybe I'm just not seeing it right. You see it again, you're like, this is what I'll say. As a football fan, I do not want that to be targeting. But as also as a football fan, I have seen multiple plays not as bad as that get called for targeting. So it leaves me saying, like, what the hell is targeting? What are we calling this? This comes down to what you just said. Like, we don't have this like thing we can grab on that says, "All right, that is targeting." How do you? How do we see this play? And there's multiple plays on Twitter. I didn't want to pull them up, but um, and there's plays on Twitter that have like collections. And this LSU fans obviously is a homer. They're gonna stack. They're gonna get the data. They're gonna get the. They're gonna get the sources. They're gonna get their their ammunition ready for a play like this. The only problem I have as an LSU fan, even just as a football fan, like trying to be as, you know, give as much parity here. It's like that. Why are we? Why are we not consistent with these calls? And it's the simple fact of also what you said. At least review it. Review it and give your reasoning. You know, that's the moment. Yeah. That's the moment. Even if you know full speed, you got. Hundreds of thousands, millions of people watching this football game. That's your opportunity to say, hey, just, all right, stop the game. We're going to give them a review. And even if it is not a call, you come back into the uh, to the mic and you give a reasoning. That well, there moment. was a timeout taken for that play, too. There was yeah. a timeout on the field for it. Yeah. And they still didn't review it, and it's just which like, is crazy to me. Because, I mean, if you call a timeout on the field, automatically you think if it's an official timeout, you're thinking, okay, they're going to go to the booth, going to yeah. get the screen out. 
headphones out and like review this play for sure. And they still did it. And, and usually, I'm not gonna like and me being the Bama fan, I don't think I don't think the refs refs have nothing to do with this in my opinion. You know, Bama still Bama's been one of the most penalized teams in college football this year. I just don't I in my opinion, it should have been reviewed. There should have been a review. If you're gonna call an official timeout to check on Jaden Daniels who's on the ground. Yep. You need to pull the screen. You need to pull the headphones out, and you need to go to the booth and be like, "Hey, was this targeting? Is there any evidence of targeting?" But we don't. We don't have a ground. We don't have like a layer. We don't have a ground of what is targeting. Like it's the same in the NFL with roughing the passer calls. There have been some bogus roughing the passer calls in the NFL. I don't. I barely see targeting right now. It's morely. It's m- more of roughing the passer. And I'm yep. talking about you could shove. You can shove a quarterback. And he would like, and he could fall to the ground. Not even like hard. He could just lay down, and they would automatically just pin you, throw you a flag, fine you thousands of dollars. But no, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Is my thing is, it's like all right, the players down. It's like obviously get cracked. Like players get hurt all the time on clean hits. But it's the quarterback. It's the the most explosive player on the field for both teams. Best player on the field for probably both teams. And you got to. I mean, you got to. There's got to be a moment where you're, if you're the refs, if you're in, even if you're back in New York when they're looking at reviews, and apparently, apparently they reviewed it without busting out the can- the the whole set. That makes no sense then if they reviewed it. And that that's a moment where even if even if it's not targeting, like obviously it wasn't. That's a moment where you bust out the whole thing and you say, "All right." This is why, like to the world, to America, this is you. You look into the camera. Said this is why it's not targeting. Yeah. Upon official review, the player did not initiate targeting due to this, this, and this. That's a moment where you lay out the reasoning why. Instead of being like, "Oh, these refs, it's a fix. Uh, they're giving it to Alabama because they didn't even review it. Uh, obviously, there's a head-to-head contact." And it's like they're just setting themselves up for this just frenzy, and it's like. Besides that, it's like my only thing is like, all right, let's get some freaking consistency. Targeting is the this the most it's the most difficult rule to call in college football right now. Holy crap, Keenan Allen! Oh my god, one handed grab. Um, sorry, uh, that was insane. It's okay, um, it's okay, it's okay. But that's my biggest thing. It's just like we don't even have targeting in the NFL because it's such a crap rule, bro. It's such a stupid penalty in the first place, and now you got people defending or, or and, and usually going people, against. Yeah, and usually people are like, "Oh, that's not targeting. It's this is football." And then when you get a play like that, that changes oh the game. God, you yeah. weren't lying. That was dirty. That was nasty, right? I'm so sorry. Oh my god, that, Dude, was, that was filthy. That was nasty. Keenan Allen still got it. Still got the fastball. Eleven season, fastball. dude. Eleven season. Um, but um, done. but. Yeah, that's my biggest thing. It's just like, all right, let's can we just stop with the BS with this? Can call? we find some consistency? That's yeah. what that's what everybody needs. Either everybody that needs, or just like, get rid we of all it. want consistency when it comes to penalties like that, and it it kind of ruins the game because like it could not be a targeting call, and they call it targeting, and then throw that player out, and yeah. then it changes the whole momentum of the game. And I'll ask you this: I'll ask you this: which one was which hit looked worse, and is is you know, you could be a homer. I, for me, compared to the hit last week with Shiloh, compared to the Dallas Turner hit, which wor- which hurt, which hit looked worse in your opinion? Oh, Dallas Turner for sure. Yeah, and and that was Shiloh made a football move. Shiloh made a tackle. 
Shiloh literally did not. He hit him with the shoulder pad and his shoulder pad. Yep. This he just wrapped Dallas Turner just wrapped him up. Yep. And they called and targeting just on put Shiloh. him on the ground. And it's just and like, they called that targeting and ejected him. Like that's like that's consist like that's the consistency that I'm talking about. Yep. If you're gonna throw Shiloh Sanders out for a hit like that, a boomstick, then in my opinion, yeah, you need to review that play and you probably need to kick Dallas Turner out of the game. And that's my thing is like neither one of those players should have been taken out of the game. But you no. get it, you get a play like that, and then you get a play like this. And it's like, did the refs hold the whistle in because it was such a big game? You don't want to throw out one of the best players on the field. And it's like, cool. Like, I, if that's the reason, just say that. You know, don't yeah. don't be changing the rules. Just be like, all right, this this game's close. We don't want to we don't want to throw one of the best players out of the game because it was such a close play. Like, all right, cool. Just say that. You know, don't don't leave everybody in the dust and go. F- Leave it to Twitter to have uh, the the smartest people on the planet. Obviously, give their oh, stupid Lord. ass opinions. You know, it's like trust me, I've been on Twitter and I've been arguing with people about it. Oh my lord, it's a pain, it's dude. Insane. And it's just like I love football so much, and I hate that that awesome, awesome football game was overshadowed by one moment that was like, and yeah, I mean, besides the hit itself, you take Jay now, LSU's hopes were pretty much done after that. But I mean, it's like. Get you got you gotta due diligence. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Review the play. Give your reasoning on live television. I'll be I'll still be mad, but I don't care. At least you didn't. At least you didn't just let the game game keep going. You know, and act like nothing happened. That the best player on the field just got knocked out of the game. Yeah. It's like all right, cool, whatever. I don't know, but it was hey, um, consistency. It was a weird call. It was a weird call for hey, sure. Consistency. Or get rid of the damn call. That's all we're asking. Yeah, for real. I agree with you on that for sure. All right. Let's keep this thing rolling to USC firing their offensive coordinator. Alex Grinch was getting paid a lot of money, but he's not anymore. Thoughts on the move, CDM? Is this a good move? <laughs> so I think I saw this stat. Is USC has led up like over 500 yards of offense to – a couple of like to a couple teams in one season, mm-hmm. something like that. USC's defense has let up a but a, a buttload of yards to a couple of teams in one in like a couple of games, and then there's another team that's barely like let up oh, the know, same amount. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah, you know I'm what pull, I'm talking about. I'm pulling, I'm pulling I can't it up. remember the article. I'm pulling it up. Here it is. USC has allowed in the last six games. Six games. Last six games, they've allowed 265 points. Iowa oh. in the last okay. two yeah, seasons. Iowa in the last two seasons has allowed two hundred and eighty-four points. Yeah, that's two seasons compared to six games. So obviously, I think they made the smartest decision. Was it a little too late? Obviously, yeah, because now they now they have no chance. Like first off, Season's me and you just there. talked about it. Waste of talent in Caleb Williams. Yep. We'll never see him in a college football playoff. We'll never see him win a Pac-12 championship. We'll never see him win another Heisman again, and we'll never see him, uh, you know, go play for a national championship. I'm putting it all on Lincoln Riley. I think this move should have been done way earlier in the season, probably after the Notre uh, after the uh, Notre Dame game for sure. First of all, um, uh, it should have been done before the season. CDM, we knew that. Oh, it should have been done like last season for sure. I mean, the defense has not gotten better. You look on paper, and that roster is stacked. And Alex Grant, like. Grinch couldn't do anything with it. Grinch could not do anything. Like me and you were just talking before the pod. He was trying to get the team hyped up. He was getting the team ready. He put his hand out there to get like break it down, 
And nobody put his hand up for him because nobody likes him because he's a terrible defensive coordinator. He's not worth the time or effort. This should have been done way before. So, yes, I think it was a good move. I think it was the best move USC's made all season long. Now, the way you go about this is what like what are you going to do? Like who who's going to be the next guy to step up? Who are you going to pick to be the next guy to step up to lead this team to be a de- better to be better on the defensive side of the ball? And my opinion is that the Baylor head coach, your former defensive coordinator from LSU, he's not cooking. He's not cooking at Baylor right now. He's Dave, not doing the best. Dave His job's on the line. He's in the hot seat. So honestly, if I'm USC and I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm making phone calls to him. I'm being like, "Hey, man, I like um, that a lot." I, like I mean, that that's a smart move. I mean, Matt House is on the hot. I mean, obviously, Matt House is about to be forty ounce bounce out of uh, Baton Rouge for sure. So, I mean, y'all may give him a call as well. But USC has made the right decision of firing Alex Grinch to get him out of that organization, to get him out of that you know organization and start something new because you cannot have this much this much talent on a roster and have it all go to waste. So, I think that I think USC finally made the smartest move. Um, and I think they're going to take the right step in the right direction. But now the season—I mean, the season's over with. Now you're playing for an, you're playing for a bowl game. Caleb Williams is probably done. But after the season's over and it comes to bowl, when it comes to bowl season, he's not going to be playing in a bowl game. So it's at this point, it's time to start looking for the future and trying to figure out what's the next move for next season. Yeah, I got it right here. I got it right here. This is a beautiful play for Grinch and his team here. Oh, we're, we're going to break this down, guys. We got this. We got this. Just zone in. Lock in. Come on, guys. On three. On three. Okay. All right. 42.6 points per game allowed. <laughs> 42.6 in five games. That's terrible. <laughs> I love that stat. That's like that is that is like if I'm like why would ESPN show that? That's such a freaking awesome stat to show right there. I mean that is a perfect that that sums up USC season on the defensive side of the ball. That really just sums it all. Oh my god, I don't don't think you saw it. Guess there's only one team that allows more points in the season since since week five. Guess what? In the same conference? Oh no 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 no. No, is it Southern Miss? (laughs) I wish. <laughs> um, no, it was Temple allowing fifty points a game. <laughs> oh God! God, fifty points a game. <laughs> yeah. How many points are you scoring? <laughs> Not that many. I promise you that. <laughs> oh my God, that's terrible. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, but try- no, USC made the right decision. How did you feel about the firing? I mean, come on. There's not much more uh, to say. I think we're all on the same boat about this. Yeah, this about I think the time. whole country. I think the whole. I think the whole state of California can. Finally, sleep peacefully. Sleep peacefully at night, knowing that they do not have to do another season with this bum <laughs> as your defensive coordinator. Couldn't have said any better, brother. Yeah, I mean it's it's over. Thank God it's over. I'm happy that it's over. I'm happy for USC and USC fans. And guess what? That's only going to help recruiting. Like, come on. Especially if they were to like land a Dave Aranda, like you said. Oh, come on, bro. They just got the they what? just got the number one corner in the 2026 recruiting class. So the same. Bro. I mean, they're gonna yeah, the recruit. day. Yeah, it was the it, it was it was right after they came out with the news that they fired him, and that kid okay. said, "I'm gonna commit there now." <laughs> That's a good move. <laughs> um, I'll take that, please. Thank you. Sounds like a good move. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I got. I ain't got nothing much else to say. You had it around the money. Glad yeah. it's over. The Alex Grint, Alex Grinch era has officially completed out there in Southern California. I bet a lot of fans are very happy about that. Allowing so many points this year. There's so many points. All right. 
let's get to a highlight reel real quick here. And this is not just no ordinary highlight reel. This is the greatest highlight reel of all time. The man, the myth, the legend, the sign stealer himself, Cheater McGee, Connor Stallions. Look at look at this highlight reel real quick. That is <laughs> Michigan. Oh my gosh, that is Central Michigan gear he's wearing right there. Oh, uh, uh, point up. Oh, That's a pass. Oh, oh. We know what he knows it where it's going. He knows where it's. He knows what they're doing. Alex Grinch in the right corner over there. Oh, that, that, that's that's Harbaugh is even listening for it. Oh, oh look, dude. How, look how happy he is on that one, right beside Aiden Hutchinson. Let's go. It's a three point win against Nebraska. Oh, he's chilling behind that guy right there. That that looks like a coordinator. Oh, creeping oh, in the background. There he is. Creeping in the background. My question is how did how did Central Michigan let him get on the sideline? It's a good question. Like, how did they let this man, no credentials, nothing. He just showed up in a Central Michigan hat, a polo, and some shades, and just was able to walk on the field? I mean, do we have to step up security now? Do we have to step up, like, finding better things to do besides credentials? Like, do we need to do, like, a whole background search on these people? Because, I mean, that's unacceptable. But going into that, Going into uh, going into uh, him cheating leads me into this. An article just came out today that Michigan is not the only team to be sign stealing, and guess what? It's not any other conference besides the Big Ten. The wow. Big Ten is the only conference right now that has had sign stealing, and it's more than Michigan. It's more yep. than Ohio State. It could be every team in the Big Ten, and we yeah. just don't know about it. Yeah. But obviously it doesn't I'll, show since half these teams suck. Yeah, let me I'll, – I'll, I'll read it off real quick here. Uh, in a Fox Sports uh, report here, a former employee at a Big Ten uh, football program said Monday that it was his job. His job was to steal signs, and he was given details for multiple league schools to compile a spreadsheet of play calls – play calling signals used by Michigan. So this this guy was stealing signs from Michigan, all right? The employee said he recently shared the doc- documents which showed Wolverine signs and corresponding plays as well as screenshots of text messages exchanged with staffers of other Big 10 schools with Michigan. He spoke with the Associated Press on con- uh on condition uh, he wanted to stay anonymous pretty much. Um the spreadsheets was compiled with details from a handful of coaches and programs across Big Ten, the person said. He also said he gave the details to Michigan last week because he hopes it would help uh, Jim Harbaugh's embattled, uh, embattled program, and he believes Harbaugh and his coaches are being unfairly blamed for the actions of a rogue staffer. So pretty much this guy is stating, stating that there are rogue staffers within the Big Ten and probably besides the Big Ten, that do this. They go out and steal plays. Like, this is not just a Connor Stallions thing. This is a this guy thing, multiple other Big Ten school things. This, this guy, Connor Stallions is the only one that just got caught. That's pretty much yeah, what Connor, we're at. Yeah, he got caught slacking. Slacking. But now this open, now, now, now the investigation is wide open. Yeah. Like, this is going way beyond Michigan now. This yep. is going into the com- the Big Ten conference in general. And it could spread wide, it could spread wider. Especially since uh, the Pac-12 is disbanding and they have more teams coming yep. into the Big Ten, mm-hmm. I mean they're going to be locking down on this, and it's like in every conference. This should be in every conference when they lock like they lock this stuff down because right, it's insane. Bro, I'm ahead in what? fantasy right now. Thirty-two points oh from God. the Chargers defense. Thirty-two points. <laughs> I picked them up on waivers, bro. 
<laughs> oh my god, dude! What the hell? I need a touchdown here from Herbie. Oh my, oh my god! god. If I Jesus, touch, I might win this week. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was either. I'm sorry, but Abram. this is this is totally going to open investigations up to the Big Ten to every school in the Big Ten, but also this is going to show every other conference: SEC, ACC, Big Twelve, uh, AAC. I, every conference is going to be. They're going to be like every like they're going to lock down on this stuff because this is unacceptable. It's unacceptable out of every school. I mean, I understand that if you have a rogue staff member doing this, that you can't really check them. But I mean, you have to be like there's got to be implications now. There's got to be like there's got to be bigger things to happen to the school, like to schools like this. I mean, there's got to be firing suspensions, um, recruitment, like stuff for recruiting as well. Um, but also this goes to show like what's this like what's the security measures going on now? What's security measures going on with comp like with games like this? If this is going on, this has been going on for two years. Two years for Michigan, this is ha- like this has been going on. And they did a uh, was after the Texans game, they talked to CJ Stroud about it. And CJ Stroud, he was he said that, yeah, we've kind of we kind of figured it, but we didn't really like sit on it, like, yeah, we know they're cheating, but He's in the NFL now. He doesn't have to really worry about that. He's a Texan now, and he's killing it too. All right. Hey, Shout real out quick, CJ Stroud. Real quick, guys, right here. This is the coach's comments on the sign stealing. I think we'll be able to hear it. Let's see. Let's go to that. Go to Twitter. I can't hear him. I can't hear it either. Can you hear it? I can't hear it. No. Well, obviously, well, going into this, they knew it was him, obviously. I mean, you have no credentials coming on the field. You're a well-known face on the Michigan sideline as well. You're on national television every Saturday except once a week. I mean, it's it, I mean, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable behavior from universities, from staff members. I mean, you're taking away time and effort. I mean, Purdue had to learn like Purdue came into that Michigan game knowing that they weren't going to win, but they had to learn, they had to teach their whole team, their whole coaching staff, a different language, like different signals and everything to get their play calling down. It's unacceptable. It's very unacceptable. It takes the fun. It takes the grind out of college football for all these teams that put in hard work just to get that stuff stolen and cheated out of a win. Basically you get cheated out of a win. So uh, you know, it's a very, it's a very big controversy. It's wide open now for the Big Ten to like for the for college football to really do a big investigation on this conference and sign stealing, and some uh, some things are going to have to change in college football for sure when it comes to this. Some things are definitely going to have to change. Oh, one hundred and ten percent. Um, pretty much what I was going to say here is that um, uh. So there is conflicting reports right now, um, so don't hold me accountable. <laughs> um, in an ESPN report here, it says here that ESPN singer writer, the Big Ten formally no- notified Michigan that it could be facing disciplinary action from the league, uh, a court, uh, Michigan official told ESPN. But then Yahoo Sports reports that the NCAA's findings did not connect the in-person scouting and recording of opponents' sidelines to Harbaugh. Sources say an absence of uh, evidence essential to a, poten- a potential lawsuit for the from the school and coach against the league. So maybe that means the right now they uh, so all right. 
I guess the NCAA. See, that makes no sense. It's literally conflicting reports. Yeah, oh, I'm about to say that no, 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 is no, no, very, no. very weird. My fault. My fault. So the NCAA, NCAA won't enforce any action, but the Big Ten might, which doesn't make any sense either. Because I feel if, like well, if wait, the NCAA yeah, couldn't that, find anything, then how did the Big Ten find something? So that's still, that's com- oh, they, it's, uh, it's excuse a, my excuse my French on this. It's a total shit show. It is. It sounds like it. It's a total. It's a total crap show of what's going on right now. And this is what I'm talking about. Things have to change if you want to change. If you want to stop things like this happening. And it's very like that's very big, bro. That's a very big accusation. It's a very it, like it. The consequences of that should be like firings. Honestly, like. I mean, I understand a yeah. lot of people, dude. You got brighter. Oh my god. Yeah, no, this dang, the dang lighting in here gets. So I understand crazy. that you know Jim didn't. Jim didn't know anything about it, which I find it very hard to believe that Jim did not know about this. Because yeah. other than that, how do you beat? How do you, uh, how do you beat Ohio State two years in a row with a squad that they had? Sorry, Damn. that makes no sense. Damn. You can split the series, but there's like. Come on now, man. The video we show, the video that we just showed, they knew that that play was going to be a pass play. I mean, there's no way that should be. First off, what were the? They were like 30, 32 and a half point favorites against Purdue. Yep. Makes no sense that they should be thirty two and a half point favorites. Hey, Purdue is pretty bad, dude. Huh? But Purdue's pretty bad. I know it produced pretty bad, but they also had to learn a whole new signal, like a whole new <laughs> sign language to learn how to play like to, for this game. But now, I mean, once again, it's all come out. It's not only Michigan. Um, things have to change. That's all I can say about it. It's it's there is so much that I I don't know enough about it to really go into much depth about it. Yeah. All I can say is like it's got it like we have to like NCAA has to lock down on this stuff to prevent things like this from happening. Cause like you could be in a national, like it could be playoff season. It could be playoff time and you're stealing signs and you go to a national championship and you probably don't even deserve to win that natty. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if Michigan goes to the national championship and wins it, they don't deserve to win it at all, but there's no repercussions for it this year. They're not doing anything about it this year. They're going to wait till next year to do it. Yeah. That seems like that. that's always, it. And there was never going to be a, discipline this season and it was always going to be in the off season but yeah i mean for me obviously the whole highlight reel that's for fun and stuff but um with this new report and all these other reports coming out i mean the biggest thing is the biggest question was um or all is that a fumble oh my god they calling that a fumble holy smokes is it second one oh my god touchdown chargers ain't no way that was a fumble that had to be that had to be an incomplete pass I mean, I won. I won fantasy if that's a touchdown. Oh my God! Here, please can, be here, a fumble. Continue real fast. Let me catch up. Um, but yeah. Uh, when it comes to the whole, I don't think that was this. Oh my God! They're calling it. They're calling it a touchdown. There's a flag on the play too. <clears throat> but um, yeah. If you, it's like you that, said you though. God. It's like you said though, CDM, with this whole thing. Uh, I'm sorry. I gotta see this. Oh, it's a fumble. Oh my God! That's a fumble. Oh my God! That's a fumble. Let's go. You have gotten you you lucky son of a gun. I started this defense literally literally minutes before this game, bro. I said the Jets defense versus Justin Herbert. That doesn't make any sense. What's the flag on? Is he in the end zone? Come on, get there. No, he didn't get it. 
It's What's so... the flag on? Oh, oh, holding. Never mind. Illegal hands for the he didn't oh, get... dude, that ball. Oh, dude, that ball's out. Oh, my God, dude, that ball's out. It's a fumble. He, he didn't get the end zone, though, but it's okay. I'll take that. Uh, they they didn't fumble. even give it to him. All right. But, um, but yeah, Ooh. man, at the end of the day, listen, I get this over with. Like, It's ridiculous that this is a thing, but I think we're going to get a lot more clarity real soon. Like you said, I don't want to say much about it until I know the whole full story. Yeah. It doesn't feel like we're going to get a full story for a long time. This is a Oh, it's going to be like 2 3 years down the road before th- yeah. we get a full story. This is a 30 for 30 in the making in our very right in front of our eyes. It's just Oh, dude, it's a Netflix documentary. What do you mean? Yeah, like this I'm is, expecting in the next 2 years for this to be like a documentary on the Big 10 and their cheating scandal. The Stallion, is that what we're going to call it? Oh, dude, that's a great one. All right. Dude, that's actually a great title for that. Book me. Book me. Right. Hey, Netflix, um, just to let you know, Stallion. Just the call. Stallion. Just give me a call. There you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I could have used the Justin Herbert touchdown there, but it's okay. Um, Yeah, man. Interesting situation. We'll, we'll kind of keep you all up to date with our opinions on the whole thing. It's not like we're going to be breaking anything, but we can definitely react to the craziness around Connor Stallions and sign stealing in college football. What a wild season this has been uh, full of just narratives around the world oh my lord dude it's been crazy crazy hey let's get to some crazy good teams here oh my god oh he made it what the hell is going on this game um yeah let's get to some crazy good teams best one loss and best undefeated teams we're gonna just give you a quick little opinion here let's do one loss teams here cd and we got power five power Mm -hmm. five including an American team, American conference. Um, I don't want to talk about. Oh, we talking about James Madison? Uh, that's that's undefeated. That's undefeated. Oh, okay, we're gonna okay, okay. we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. One loss teams remaining. This is not okay. just Power Five. This is all teams. One loss. Who is the best out of these teams? CDM, Louisville, Penn State, Alabama, Texas, Oregon, Ole Miss, or Tulane? Well, me being the homer, I am. I'm, I'm going to say Bama. I think since the week two loss and week three where we struggled, that we that Alabama has really progressed to being back to where they're usually at during the season. I think we're in midseason form right now, the way that we've been playing. Defensive side of the ball has been stellar. Uh, these past few games, I think we've let up second-half points has been 82-17 to 17 from the Texas A&M to LSU game. So, I mean, I think Bama is the best one-loss team. If I'm not picking Bama, I'm picking Oregon. Yep. Oregon has been dominant since they played Washington. Washington has not looked the same since they played Oregon. So, my two teams, I'm going to say either Bama or Oregon. Ultimately, I'm going to say Bama because, you know, SEC is a little bit harder than the Pac-12. And we have just – I mean, we've beat rank, I mean, we've beat ranked teams. I mean, we have beat eat the ranked teams that we've needed to beat. We beat Ole Miss at home. We beat Tennessee at home. We beat LSU at home. That's the 17th team, the 12th ranked team, and I think Ole Miss was the 14th ranked team at the time when we beat them. Um, Don't quote me on that for sure on the rankings, but we have just been like our the Alabama's team has progressed so much over the over these past few weeks. People have already people wrote them off after the Texas loss. And guarantee me right now, if Texas and Alabama play tomorrow, who's going to win that game? I think Bama wins that game, in my opinion. I think Bama is the ultimate winner in that game. 
I just think we've been playing better ball than most of these teams. Besides Oregon, I'm not going to count Oregon out. Bo Nix is good right now. Um, but I think we're the best one-loss team right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I respect, I respect your opinion on that, but uh, I'm sorry. I got to go with uh, the Fresno State Bulldogs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's about to flame you up. Oh, my God. Go Bulldogs. Uh, no, uh, sorry. Yeah, in my opinion, it's definitely down to two teams, and it is between Alabama and Oregon. Um, yeah. Dominance, I would have to go with Oregon. Best wins and best improvement since they're lost, I have to go with Alabama, mainly because Oregon – I mean, they. I mean, they have. How much more improving can they do? And Alabama kind of showed a level where, all right, this is this is not the best Alabama we've seen in a long time. And then every single week they get better and better and better yeah. and more confident and more confident and more confident and least and less mistakes, less mistakes, less mistakes made by themselves, not mistakes given to the by the other team, you know, and yeah. Those are the things that make a great team. They played in some really awesome games so far. So if you're asking me dominance, who has dominated the most, you got to go Oregon. I mean, they might be the most dominant team when they're winning, but um, oh my gosh, it's insane. Uh, but when it comes to you know best and most improving, I've got to go with Alabama. They have really sh- you know showed a different level of you know um, adversity, and I didn't know that this team could had that. In them, really. I really did not. Well, but. well, I mean, we barely – I mean, Bama's barely had to deal with adversity these past couple seasons. I mean, yeah. the past decade, they really haven't had to deal with adversity as much. I mean, last year, the two losses to Tennessee and LSU, yeah, I mean, the season was over, went to a bowl game, won. But from what I've seen from Jalen Milrow, from, uh, from Tommy Reese, I honestly think that we have uh, – we have – brought we we're on the comeback of an era in my opinion we have really come back to what we have uh been these past few seasons um the texas loss was a bad loss the only thing i can't like i want to i could pick oregon because oregon's only loss is to a conference opponent we lost to a non-conference opponent in texas at home it was ranked it was a bad loss, but we've slowly but surely had gained confidence in each and every player on that team Team. coaching staff in my opinion has gained confidence in each other nick mm. saban has gained confidence in his team now right. i think he's had confidence for a while it's just take it's taken some time to really put all the pieces together and finally you know show the country what this team can really do and we showed it saturday against lsu yeah I do believe so, too, and we'll talk about that game in just a minute. Yes, we will. Let's get into these undefeated squad seating. There's a lot of good ones and teams that I did not expect to see in here uh, at this point of the season, let alone, um, you know, at any point of the season. But let's yeah. go through some of these teams that are highlighting our undefeated squads. These are the only undefeated squads left in uh, Division One football, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, the Liberty Flames, James Madison. FSU Seminoles, Ohio State, Washington, and the Georgia defending two-time defending Bulldogs. CDM, which of these You put teams? Michigan? Did you say Michigan? I missed. Oh, uh, they're stealing signs. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Michigan. Michigan is well. the most surprise. Okay, so the most surprising team to me is James Madison, for sure. Coming, back, coming up from Division Two and really making their mark on 
making their mark on D1 college football is insane. So respect to James Madison and what they're doing as well. Yep. Um, the best undefeated team right now, in my opinion, it's so weird because I don't want to put Michigan because of all the scandal and everything they're going through. Ohio State has looked hit or miss sometimes. Georgia has struggled a little bit. Florida State struggled Saturday against Pitt. Uh, against Pitt. Um, I'm going to take Georgia, man. I'm sorry. They're defending national champs. They have not done anything wrong to lose that spot. Now, have they done anything right to really earn the number one spot? Probably not. But until they get dethroned, until they, until I see that one, that until I see that eight or that nine dash one, then they're still the most dominant team in college football. I don't want to understand why people think Ohio State should. I understand resumes are a big thing, but at the end of the day. Ohio State didn't go play for a national championship two years in a row. Ohio State or Michigan has gotten booted out of the playoffs by Georgia, by TCU. Uh, Michigan got blown out by Georgia in the playoffs prior when Georgia won their first one. Georgia has done everything right to be the number one team and the best undefeated team in college football right now. And they're doing this right now without Brock Bowers, too. Yeah. I'd like to point that out. Yep. They're winning their biggest games without him, and they got a massive one this weekend that we will be talking about very soon. But, yeah, man, I mean, this is uh, – oh, no, don't. No, that's a pick. Let's go. Uh, um, Yeah, for me, I mean, this is uh, this is a tough one. Um, but I got to hold strong here. I've been riding high with this team. You know, in this coming into the season, I do want to put on point out here. I had Ohio State number one on my board on my my rankings, my playoff prediction at the for the end of the season. I had Ohio State at number one. I had them at number one, dude. Yeah. And if I get that shit right, I am so smart. Hey, I'm really I'm I'm not gonna get the Bam and LSU part of it right, but hey, you know, Ohio State and Washington feeling pretty good about that. Hey, maybe even Alabama sneaks in there for me, but um, There's, we need we need hope. <laughs> we need hopes and prayers. Yeah. So. Um, but I got to hold strong here. I've, I've turned my, you know, narrative to this Michigan squad. I cannot jump off shit now. Um, even after everything that they're going through currently, um, uh, this team's special, man. And I hate that they're going to be overshadowed by a situation that, you know, if it was Harbaugh or if it was a rogue agent staffer, um, you hate to see it, but, um, they allowed the most points they've allowed all season this last past weekend at 13, uh, monstrous 13 points from Purdue. Um, uh, oh no! Yes, their season's over. It's dead. Um, they allowed uh, six points in the second quarter and seven in the in the fourth. So yeah, they're dead. It's over. Um, no. No, it's time. No, it's time to retire, Harbaugh. Uh, but it's no. okay when Marvin Harrison Jr. goes into Ann Arbor and tears that defense up. I'm gonna laugh. Um, but yeah, man, this team. Uh, I gotta hold strong. They've put up 40 points in their last five games, and two times in those five games they put up 52. So um, I got to hold strong with my Michigan Wolverines here. I, I yeah, there's do, nothing wrong with that. I got to. I got to. Uh, do I b- believe that uh, Georgia should be number one? Uh, probably. They probably. They had. They are the most deserving team. They are the two-time champs, two-time back-to-back champs, and they have done nothing to lose that ranking. And yet, we're always going to try and find a way to not put them at number one. Everyone what Everyone does. No one wants to see the that team succeed again. It's just a part of, it's like human nature. You don't want to see a team dominate like this. 
I'll, you know what this kind of reminds me of? Kind of reminds me of this team right here when we were dominant yep. at one point. It, nobody wanted yep. Alabama to win. Nobody wanted Alabama to be at number one. This is the treatment that Georgia is getting. They're getting the – and I don't want to – I hate to say it. They are getting the Alabama treatment. No, they're, they're getting the Alabama treatment when it comes to being dominant for so many years, yep. for being – for winning championships, for being good. They're getting the Alabama treatment. And, you know, what comes with it is, you know, it, uh, it comes with adversity – I'm not going to say rat poison because they really hadn't, they haven't really had anybody like, you know, really talk down to yeah, them as much because there's really nothing say. to talk down to Georgia about. Yeah. This year has been a little bit, it's, but it's, it's, that's what it is. It's the Alabama treatment. It's the Patriot treatment. It's the Warriors treatment. It's, it's the Miami Heat treatment when they have LeBron. It's, it's these dominant teams, these dynasties, you know, uh, per se. That, that's, that's how people, they, they hate who wins. That's how it works. That's how nobody likes to see a winner, and I understand that completely. But at the end of the day, you have to swallow your pride and just admit that they are the like they are the team to beat right now. They are the team. Yep, yep. I might not have my number one, but they are still the team that it all runs through. Like if Georgia's in the playoffs, I'm not picking against Georgia. Like I've been sorry, not picking against them. Um, might be mm. rooting for Michigan. I might be rooting for Ohio State. I might be rooting for Washington. I don't know if I will ever pick Georgia to lose another football game until proven if otherwise. If the playoffs were like the NFL, if the playoffs were like the NFL and they had to run through a certain spot, oh my God, dude, Athens would be the place yep. for some. Like Athens would be the place before that. Tuscaloosa would have been the place. I mean, Georgia has done nothing wrong. Have they struggled against teams? Yes, they have. But at the end of the day, they come out with the win. Yes. So. I mean, that's basically all that needs to be said about Georgia. I mean, Georgia is that team to beat right now. What happened? It was a catch. I really just need okay. to like not allow any points here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I've got a good lead now. Uh, Chargers have 37 points on defense. Um, no, please, please tackle them. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, that'll do it for our undefeated talk here. Let's get into this recap real quick. Pretty deep into this pod, but we'll get through these pretty quick. Texas survives, like you said, in a massive game against Kansas State with their backup quarterback, Malik Murphy, does his thing once again, the 6'5 giant. He is a dog. He is a dog. He might not be the best player. He struck. He did. But he's still an interesting little player out there. True freshman, you cannot hate too much. Yeah, definitely not little. Uh, But CDM, what's your thoughts on, you know, Murphy and if, you know, can this team win the Big 12 without Ewers? No, they can't. They cannot. I'm sorry. I lie. I like Malik from these past two games that I've seen has growing pains. But as a true freshman, being making your first start in a big college like Texas, in a big conference like the Big 12, it's going to come with growing pains for sure. I mean, the two interceptions that he had, one led tech, one one interception led Kansas State to go down there in a short field position and score. Uh, the other one was just like, you know, the other one wasn't that good, but, you know, uh, Murphy's doing what he needs to do to keep this offense going, but he's still young. He's still a freshman. He still has things to learn when it comes to playing in like playing for Texas, playing in a conference like that. But um, no, I don't think that they can. If Texas still wants a shot to make the playoffs or to make a big 12 championship game, they need Quinn back. They need him back bad. Um, Kansas State players really have nothing to be disappointed of. I think Kansas State, the players, did what they had to do to make, to possibly win that game in OT. The only thing I hated is 
what was that play call in overtime? <sighs> what was that play call for Kansas State? You had your only read was an out route. The only read you had was an out route, and you throw it. And I mean, first off, you get sacked. You just throw up a, a prayer, and it just gets knocked down. I'm not putting that on the players. I'm putting that on the coaching staff because that was a terrible play call in crunch time moments to knock off t- Texas to end their hopes in general. Just imagine you would have had Texas and Oklahoma lose in the same day. Playoffs are done. Um, yep. Big 12 championships done. Kansas State probably goes back to the Big 12 championship because they are defending Big 12 champs. Let's not forget that they are the defending champs for that conference. Um, but no, I think they uh, if Texas still wants to make a push, they have to have Quentin back and they have to have him back fully healthy because this team is just different with him. He brings a different vibe. He didn't, he brings a different um, you know grit to the team and. You know he's a different player. Obviously, he's been he's been playing college football longer than Malik has. He's been here for three years. Ohio State for one year. Texas for two years. So he knows what to do. He he has those years under his belt. Um, but if Texas still need, if Texas can still do it, but they need Quinn back for sure. But Malik, you know, as I said before, growing pains are a thing. Learning mistakes are obviously going to be playing aggressive is okay, but you have to figure out when playing aggressive is too much and you have to play it safe. And those two interceptions really showed. But, you know, at the end of the day, Texas got the dub. Did they, I mean, did Kansas State really need that? Yes, they did. In my opinion, should Kansas State have won the game? Yes, they should have. But at the end of the day, Texas did what they need to do. Steve and them really have to figure out what they're going to do when it comes to Malik Murphy and Arch Manning. Um, you never know. Next week they could make a change because they need to look at that. They need to look at it for sure. But I, in my opinion, Arch Manning will not touch the field until next year when they play in the SEC. It's the only time. But right now Malik is the guy until Quinn comes back. But they do need Quinn back if they want to make a push. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, when it comes to can they win the Big 12, I'm not too sure because – um, there's a team that's steaming hot right now in the Big 12 when it comes to those Oklahoma State Cowboys. And um, they, they're cooking, man. They are cooking. Man. Oh, yeah, dude. They're on fire. They look good. And I don't know if I'm going to pick against them for the time being. Um, but I, I like what I've seen from Murphy. I agree, those two interceptions. You know, it, it, I mean, it's what you said, growing pains. It's not going to be perfect for a guy like that. But, um, I mean, Texas. Freshman as well. I mean, hey, second career yeah. start. Dude, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's you can't really. Ba- I mean, I'm not bashing the kid. Don't no. get me wrong. Like, I mean, he. I mean, they're. I mean, diamond in the rough for sure. You just gotta polish him out, and yeah. he'll be. He'll be a stud. Yeah, he'll but, be fine. You know, growing. Pa- I mean, as you were saying, you know, growing pains are a real thing. Yeah, I mean, he'll be fine. He's an interesting little, little again. He's an interesting ass player, bro, because he can really do some special things. He's got a good arm. He he is not afraid to take. You know some shots when he needs to. Um, I mean, they threw the ball thirty-seven times, so they trust his arm. So, um, I mean, it did oh, come down. On it dude. did come down to him being able to make a couple throws, and um, yeah, there was some bit bad decisions and stuff, and bad bad some bad luck as well. But um, you know, if this Texas team wants to win, they gotta really lean into this running game. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Brooks is a dog. Oh, dude, their running backs are stud. Oh, Brooks is so good. And Mitchell, uh, the Georgia transfer. I mean, good yep. gosh, that guy is awesome too. You know, I mean, he's kind of, I mean, he's kind of taking some receptions away from Xavier Worthy. If yeah, you think I about mean, it. I he mean, led the dude the... had over 148 yards receiving and a touchdown. Yeah, 
And we saw that touchdown. That touchdown to uh, to him was impressive. I mean, it was a deep bomb. Yep. Was the coverage good? No, the coverage. I mean, it was busted coverage. I mean, he's wide open. But I mean, Malik laid it right here into the breadbasket. So I mean, you know, this Texas team is this Texas team has got players. We've all seen it for sure. But mm. Brooks, dude. I mean, as we say before, his days maybe his future may be better in the NFL than it is in college. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. He's got a. He's got a he's got a bright future, that's for sure. But yeah, not much more to say. Texas gets a massive win when they probably shouldn't have. Kansas State made that late fourth quarter push, sixteen points in that quarter, but not enough to get the job done. They lose thirty three to thirty. The Texas Longhorns keep on rolling along, trying to make that playoff push. If well, that's now they're number possible. one in the Big Twelve again. Yes, they are. Yes, they are, and they have everything in front of them. They win that conference. They might be able to make their way into this playoff. So. Um, you know, they're going to be trying to win all the games they can and, and try to play their best ball late in the season. Let's keep this thing going to a team that also just keeps on winning after their loss to Alabama earlier in the year. And now they're sitting right in a nice little spot here. If they get some luck from some teams that play against Alabama, if they can handle their business coming up this weekend against the defending Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs. Damn right. Can they do it? We'll talk about that later. But they survive, and wow, what a classic game against a oh. and man. This was an awesome game. I thought it would be an amazing game. I'll start us off real quick here. I mean, the real question is, is this the best version of Ole Miss we have ever seen? And ever is a strong word, you know, ever. I mean, if we're going to talk about it from the 50s and 60s, Ole Miss was very, 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 very good at football. They were the number one team for a lot of years in those back, back in the day. But, um... Mainly with the Lane Kiffin era, this kind of era of Ole Miss football, pretty much the college football playoff era, and I've got to say this might just be that that might this might be the best team I've seen from them. Offensively, we know what they can do. It's very obvious what they can do. Defensively, we've seen worse. We have seen worse from Ole Miss teams. I do believe that this is their best chance with the most talent they've ever had when it comes to making a playoff run here. Um, can they do it? That's a big question when it comes to a Georgia team that matches up very well against this squad. And um, as well as, you know, you lost to Alabama. You know, you lost to the team you can't lose to. You beat LSU. You beat all these other teams. You can't lose to LSU. I mean, to Alabama. That is the that is the one team you cannot lose to. You can lose it's to Georgia. Tonight. It is. I mean, you can lose to Georgia and be fine. Go finish that loss in the, playoff, in the SEC championship game and you're making, you're making the playoffs. You cannot lose to Alabama because Alabama is right in the driver's seat, and all they got to do is win, 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 and they're in. So, I mean, do I think I do think this is probably one of the best Ole Miss teams we've seen um, when it comes to the Lane Kiffin era in the playoff uh, college football playoff era? But I do not believe that it is enough. And but I do want to say I do enjoy watching this team. This team is good, uh, interesting. You know they got skill players everywhere, and um, Lane Kiffin is still. Hey, he's still a B tier coach. I'll never give him that A tier yet. But hey, Ooh. hey, keep on winning, and maybe you can get slide slide yourself into that conversation. But for right now, um, yeah, hmm. I, I guess I could say this is one of the best Ole Miss teams, talent wise and production wise. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Um, this, I mean, the Ole Miss offense is how it's always been. It's been electric. It's been powerful since it was at the beginning of the season. Um, the defense is just not there. The defense has not been there for the past couple of years, in my opinion. They still give up an insane amount of points, insane amount of yards. Um, you know, 
Um, they have, I mean, they could score 30 points, but they give up the same amount or more depending on the opponent. Um, once again, the loss to Alabama is big because if you don't lose that, you're sitting pretty as number one in the West after you just beat an LSU team as well. Um, you know, Dart and Jukins do are doing what they need to do. The two main focal points of that offense are doing what they need to do. Dart's putting the ball downfield, making his plays. Jukins is running hard, running down, running downhill, um, getting into the end zone. Um, you know, I don't. I think this. I, in my opinion, I do think this is the best off, uh, the best Ole Miss team I've seen in a while. You know, the two years where they did beat Bama back to back, they looked good, but then they crumbled in the season for, after that game. They crumbled. They just seemed to fall off. Yeah. Um, I think that had to do with coaching. They did find the right coach in Lane Kiffin for sure. I think Lane has for sure turned that team around. Um. And I mean, it's been happening for a couple of years. We've been waiting for Ole Miss to really make that pop and be like, hey. We're here to compete for the SEC. We're here to compete in the SEC. Um, they just can't get over that Bama hump, man. I mean, uh, Lane Kiffin has never beat Nick Saban. Um, hoping that he never does. Hope he just sits, you know, at the right hand right here, you know, under Nick Saban a little bit, you know. Definitely. I'm not going to give him that A tier either. I'll give him a B plus. Give him a B plus for the coach he is right now. You know, I have a soft spot because he did, you know, help us win a natty. Yep. Um, but my thing about Texas A&M, it's about Texas A&M is um, – I think it's about time to close that book on I think it's about time to close that chapter on Jimbo Fisher. I think it's about time to uh really look into the future of, you know, is he really the guy that's going to, you know, take us the distance and make us a threat to every other team to a Georgia, to an LSU, to an Alabama. And I, I we haven't seen it. I mean, he hasn't had a losing season, but he hasn't had the seasons that he has promised the Aggie the Aggie fans of, you know, you know, going into an SEC title game, possibly making a playoff appearance. He hasn't really done that. So, you know, money can buy you money can buy you uh players, but they can't buy you wins. You know what I'm saying? Like you can go out there and buy your recruitment class. You can have the best recruitment class of like the past few years, but that doesn't mean that that's going to carry onto the field and, you know, establish a establish a culture of what some other teams have done. Kirby has a culture at Georgia right now. Bama, Nick Saban's always had the culture. Lane Kiffin has a better culture than Jimbo Fisher right now in Ole Miss. Um, I think it's just time for Texas A&M to really sit down and be like, hey, uh, is he really the guy that's going to take us to the distance, take us to the promised lands? And I just don't think it is. I think, you know, this game kind of showed it here and there. Um no disrespect to Texas A&M and their defense, they're good, but it just sh- I kind of just there were points in that game where I saw that you know Jimbo's coaching he gets out coached. Yep. He really does get out coached by some of by better coaching by better head coaches like Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's such an offensively minded coach that he can pick your defense apart and know where to go with the ball without stealing signs. That's the funny part. That's what happens where you're a good coach. <laughs> oh, he's passing. He's, he's passing. Um. I think I mean it's a good game for sure. I loved it. Uh, me and you watched it at, when we were when we got done playing golf. It came down to the wire for sure. Breaking news on College Kings as well. This is college ball. Speaking of James Madison, just ice's number four, Michigan State in college basketball. Oh my gosh, they beat they beat Michigan State. Yes. Is this men's or women's? Men's. Oh my God, that's pretty. James boring. Madison, clap for the boys, bro, man! They clap are for the boys. On fire right now, bro. On fire right now in both college 
college basketball and college football. Holy but smokes. to end this, yes, I think that Ole, this is the best Ole Miss team I've seen, and I think they can only go up. They just need to fix the defensive side of the ball. It's the only thing I need. they need to fix if they want to be a legit threat in the SEC, and you got to be able to get over the Alabama hump. you got to be able to beat the big teams, and this weekend is going to show if you can beat the big teams, which we'll talk about that later. Bro. Um Bro, imagine your first one of the season in basketball is sitting against the number four team in the country, bro. Oh, dude, I'm riding high, bro. I am riding high. Talk about it's party all night long after that. But Jeez. I think that will wrap up the Ole Miss versus Texas A&M game. Now yes. we're going to travel to a disappointment of a team that, in my opinion, just looked too far into the future, Um, you know, had a terrible loss last week against Kansas. I'm talking about Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. The Cowboys take down the Sooners and hand them their second loss of the season. I'll kick this one off. Um, you know, the script says uh, they fell off, in my opinion. They they really did fall off. I think that Oklahoma, after that Texas win, they just looked forward way too far into the future. I think they were riding that they were riding that, you know, cloud nine pretty high when it came to, you know, hey, we just beat Texas. Um, we're about to go play. We're one of the best ranked teams in the country right now. One of the most hyped teams after that, for sure. Cause me and you were talking about it. We were, we were on the Oklahoma train for sure. Cause it was something like, I mean, it was a different team from Lincoln Riley's team. It was a defensive team as well. There was offense, but there was a good defense and they struggled. They struggled so much. They, after that bye week, they came out bare, almost lost to UCF, um, 31, 29, very big, very close, very, very close, but they came out with a dub. Then they go into Kansas. Kansas had their number. Kansas had it ready. Kansas has never beaten Oklahoma. So they came out on fire. They won the game. Their run game was dominant. Their uh, The defense did not know what to, the defense kind of looked bamboozled. Like they didn't know what mm. to do. Um, and they just, I mean, as once the smoke cleared, I think we all saw the frauds that they turned out to be. They, we all saw that, you know, they were overhyped. Texas law, Texas wasn't ready for that Oklahoma game. Um, but Oklahoma State, as me and you were just talking about, Oklahoma State's good. Oklahoma State is a is a good team to be is a good team to be a part of. Yes. Um and they just came in ready to fight, man. They came in ready. They had the they had it ready for them. They had their uh they had their number for sure. Uh, in my opinion, the Sooners looked way as I said, they looked way too far in the future. They were clouded by hype. They were clouded by uh, the college football rankings. Everybody was hyping them up, and I think that got to their head a little bit. And it kind of it caught up to them. It didn't kind of cut. It didn't kind of. It did catch up to them, and it's it's starting to show for sure. Two straight back to back losses. Playoff hopes are done. Big Twelve championship is slowly closing if they don't figure things out. And, um, you know, I had Oklahoma going back and beating, uh, playing Texas and possibly making the college football playoffs. I don't see that anymore. I see them as a New Year's Six Bowl for sure, but they just looked way too far in the future. I feel like Brent Venable got way too ahead of himself when it came to this team and the opponents that they played. I think they took games way too lightly. Um, play calling was not there. The defense has stru- the defense struggled these last two, these last three games that they played is very much so struggled. So, it's just um, Oklahoma, man. You kind of let the country down. You let your state down. You let us all down from what you were pro- like, from what that Texas game showed to where you are now. is It's a big letdown for sure. And, you know, you got to go back to the drawing board. You got to figure things out for sure. You lose Dylan Gabriel after this year. So now 
after this year, you have to figure out who's going to be your starting quarterback. Is it going to be Arnold? Is it going to be General Booty? I don't know who it's going to be. So you have to really figure out. And this also shows, this also goes for other teams as well. Don't look too far into the future. Don't take one game at a time. Because as I said before, you have to be able to, these conference games matter. I mean, this gets down. I mean, when it gets to conference play, it's nitty gritty. Every game counts. And they just didn't come prepared for these last two games. And ultimately, they lost them. And, I mean, college football playoffs, you kiss it goodbye. General Booty reporting. General Booty, sir, ready for duty. <laughs> oh, that's a weird name for a kid, dude. If my hood. Oh, imagine getting, imagine going in a roll call at school. Booty? Hey. Is Booty here? Hey, where's Booty at? Hey, where's that Booty? Hey, I mean, where's Booty? Whoa. General? General? Gen- the general, right? yeah, yeah, you are Gen- general. The name's the general. Um, <laughs> but uh, get back to reality here. I mean, yeah, it is wild to see kind of this fall off from the Sooners. Really, I mean, it was big, dude. Like it was a big fall off. I mean, it just doesn't make sense after what Dylan Gabriel was doing, and I don't want to rehash everything that you said. It's just he's playing at such a high level. He had a Heisman moment in that Texas game. Literally a. Th- that game put him in the top three for the Heisman, and now oh yeah, now he's not even in the top five. You know, and it's like oh no, it's so fast how things have changed. And um, as much as I want to give Oklahoma, uh, you know, say these things about Oklahoma, I have got, I mean, I have got to give my boy respect for Oklahoma State here. Ollie Gordon, the second. Is that the running back? Dog. He is a dog. Six one two two eleven. I thought he was a little bit bigger than that. Um, he looks a lot bigger than that. He is averaging. Where is it? Holy smokes! That's not right. He's that, putting up Derrick Henry numbers. Okay. What people don't know. That's wrong. Okay, I was looking at that. He is averaging seven yards a carry. <laughs> Twelve tuds. What? A thousand two hundred and twenty-four rushing yards. He also what? has 219 receiving yards and, <laughs> and one receiving touchdown. Uh, that's more than Derrick Henry had in college. I mean, he's a freaking animal. And, I mean, he he truly – he might find his way into that top. He will be in the top ten for the Heisman. He might climb his way into that top seven. He is really playing impressive. What's their record? They are 7-2. and two. They are number two in the All Big right. 12. Um, and now that game, that win against Kansas is looking very, very massive. Uh, for this oh, team. they play Kansas this week? No, they beat them already, 39-32. Ah. So, um, and that's who's number uh, number three in the conference. So, sorry. I'm tired. Um, Those daylight savings times killing me. Killing me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this team is cooking right now. They have – one, they beat Kansas State. They beat Kansas. They beat West Virginia. They beat Cincinnati. They beat Oklahoma now. Now you get UCF, Houston, and BYU. I mean, they're going to win those games, in my opinion, with how they're playing right now. And they could go Did they right- play Texas? No, they avoided Texas. So they- Oh, oh! so what I'm hearing is, is what we uh, if they continue if they continue the way they're doing, they will. We could get Texas versus Oklahoma State. Okay, I got you. Yep. So, yeah, that's what it looks like will happen. And, man, I ain't got much more to say besides what the heck happened in Oklahoma. I don't know. I mean, I, I watched the game, but I'm, I, 
It's like a different team. It's like, like a different team. It was a whole different team, dude. I mean, it was insane to see so much hype and then so much disappointment. Yep. It's insane, man. Really, really is. And, um, hey, shout out to Oklahoma State. Go win that conference. Why not? Why not? Hey, go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. All right. Let's go to absolute and utter cinema in college football. These next two games that we'll be talking about here. Cinema. That's all we can say. Just college yeah. football college football personified. At its best. At its best. We're going to start with the Washington versus USC game. We've had our opinions about USC, but what a game this was to watch these two quarterbacks duel it out. Possibly number one and number two off the board in this upcoming draft. And man, oh man, did they not disappoint. They played oh, their no. butts off. Amazing. Amazing football game that leads in a victory for Washington. CDM, give me your thoughts on the game and if this was Penix's second Heisman moment this season. Well, there was a play that Penix made mm. rolling out of the pocket and then finds wide, finds his tight end in the end, rolls out to the left, his strong side, throws it downfield, finds tight end, hit him right there in the end zone, toe tap for a touchdown. Mm. That was a big moment. I don't want to say that was his Heisman moment. I want to say I don't want to say that was another Heisman moment, but I am. I mean, it was insane. It was a beautiful play. It was a beautiful throw. This game was what everybody expected it. It was a shootout between two of the best quarterbacks, as you said, best two quarterbacks in the country. Michael Penix goes for 22 of 30 for 256, two touchdowns and interception. Caleb Williams, 27 of 35, 312 and three touchdowns on the night. And another game that everybody will remember him and his college career by. Now, I'm not putting anything on Caleb Williams. This was not his fault. He did everything that he could. I don't care what anybody says. If a grown man cries to his mama, let that man cry to his mama, okay? That is mama. You don't ever come for a man at that, okay? Especially for a kid that has put his heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears into a game, into his season that ultimately comes up short because of the defensive play, because of yep. the coaching, because of every like because of the defensive side of the ball letting him down. Very Caleb true. Williams can't play both sides of the ball. Mm-mm. So I'm not putting anything on that. I'm not putting anything on Caleb Williams. He does what he has to do, and it sucks that we will never see him play for a natty, a bit a Pac-12 championship, or another Heisman again. His better years are his better his college career is done now. Well, not done because the season's not over, but you know what I mean. His yep. better years are ahead of them coming in uh once the draft in April, I think. Yep. Yeah. Come April when his uh name is called number one overall. I don't care what anybody says. I know we've talked about Michael Penix, about him, about uh other quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels going number one. And Caleb Williams is the number one overall pick. Let's just get that down pat. Caleb Williams is the best quarterback, best player in the country. Um, nothing against him, dude. It was uh, it was one of the best games of the Pac-12 season this far. But to Washington, Washington has to figure things out on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. If they want to make a threat, if they want to be, if they want to compete with teams with the likes of Georgia, Ohio State, Florida State, Michigan, they can't be allowing 42 points or more to teams like that. Because if you do that, you're not going to win a game, especially with uh, especially with Georgia the way they play on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to shut down that all that Washington offense probably. Um, the Washington offense can go and compete with the best of the best for sure, oh, yeah. but the defense has to figure things out when it comes to, you know, letting um, not letting up 42 points. 
42 points is a big one. You led up 33 to Oregon, which is not bad, but still you went down to the wire as we all expected it to go down to. But if you want to be a threat, if you want to be able to make a push for the playoffs and show people that you're ready to compete, then you have to figure out the defensive side of the ball because other teams are going to just pick you apart. Other quarterbacks are going to pick that defense apart. I mean, it was insane. It was insane for the offensive side because, my. I mean, we expect that from Michael Penix. We expect that from the Washington offense. Their running back, by the way, absolute stud, over 275 yards rushing for four tuds. Yeah. First off, I know it's against a bum-ass defense, <laughs> but, I mean, at the end of the day – the dude, I mean, he killed him. I mean, the off, I mean, Washington's offense is the best in the country right now. I mean, LSU had it at first. I still think LSU has the second best offense, but Washington right now being led by Michael Penix Jr. going undefeated into this Utah game is going to be it's a trap game for sure, but it's going to be one of the best games of his career for sure. Um, once again, an electrifying game, cinema game beautiful what everybody wanted high scoring but you got to figure out the defensive side of the ball before you're ready to compete with the big boys yeah because those big boys are going to chew you and spit you out like you're nothing yeah so figure that out and then uh washington figures that out then i think they're going to be sitting pretty for a playoff spot yeah yeah man it, this one it was awesome i mean this is a football college football at its finest and yeah, you want to see defense, but sometimes it is nice to watch these offenses with these kinds of players. Oh, it's always nice to watch, them. like, offensive powerhouses just putting up points. I mean, yeah, I mean, and, I mean, USC's run defense is absolutely horrendous. I mean, they can't tackle. God. They can just not. They just cannot tackle. Um, oh, Jalen Milrow goes against that defense. Oh, oh, my God. But, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Dylan. Um, Johnson. I mean, he was an absolute stud. You put out the stats: two fifty-six, four tuds. I mean, he was an absolute unit running the football. I mean, that was one of the most dominant run run games I've seen in a very, 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 very long time. I think that was under like twenty carries as well. Correct me uh, if I'm wrong. Twenty-six, but still. I Damn, mean, never mind. But still, I mean, it's still ten yards a carry, bro. <laughs> ten yards a carry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, dude, no wonder they fired him. Oh, my God. I mean, that's ridiculous, bro. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, oh, my gosh. That's insane to, to see. They ran for 300 yards. Penix did his thing. And, yeah, Penix had some moments. That's the big question. Did he have, Is this his second Heisman moment? I don't know if I would consider it a Heisman moment yet because I would say the Oregon game, that last drive was his first Heisman moment. Now you got to look at um, – all right, so what do they got next? What what's what what team are they gonna face next? That, that he is gonna have to pull something, you know, out of nowhere. And we could have to see it again this in the, against Utah. In my opinion, it's gonna come down to that Pac-12 game, and you gotta see him do it again against probably an Oregon that who is once again the hottest team in college football. There's two teams that nobody wants, or well, probably three teams, three teams that nobody wants to see right now. And that is Oregon, that is Alabama, and that is Georgia. Nobody wants to see those three teams in college football right now. And no, that is so God no. They're those, so hot. They're on fire right now. Yes. And the, and no one wants to see them. I mean, Alabama, who wants to play Alabama this late in the season when they got everything in front of them? Who wants to play Georgia in general? And who wants to play Oregon? They're the hottest team in football. Like, they are cooking right now. So, Oh, when it comes down to that Pac-12 rematch, oh, it's going to be a different game. Oh, it's going to be a totally different game. That game's going to be so good. Oh, my gosh. That game's going to be so good. I'm going to have to get off for championship weekend. Oh, my God. That game is going to be so good. Um, But, man, uh, yeah. 
I want to see I want to see him do it again against uh, Oregon. That will probably be the the game that we get. And um, man, I just I love football. I love football. <laughs> Um, and Caleb, hey, Caleb Williams, like you said, that dude is so damn good at football. And, um, like you said, he, I love I like to see the emotion there. You know, I like to see a player that is a human. I mean, he gets caught up in a lot of things and yeah, rightfully so. He's done some things that you're probably, uh, they cause, they cause a, a sign of concern, when he's asking for minority ownership as a rookie, I get it. Those things are a little – it's hard to defend. But at the end of the day, he does show that he's a human when he loses in this fashion. And, you know, he's not just a businessman at heart. You know, I mean, he is a football player, you know. And and yeah. no one wants to freaking lose, especially the games like this. This was their season, you know, to maybe, you know, cause some controversy within the conference. But um, at the end of the day, hey, Washington, let's keep on winning, baby. Let's keep on the dubs, baby. Huskies. Dubs. Let's go Huskies. Hey, are you gonna start? Are you gonna throw up your 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 letter on your hat? I'm not gonna finish that. I'm just gonna point at it because I can't. I don't even like. I don't know. Is this it? Like I don't know. Yeah, maybe yeah, that or no. Let's let's just let's just stick with this. Let's just go with Roll Tide, baby. I guess that transitions into our next game here, CDM. We're gonna talk about the game of the week. What a game it was. I mean, this is also another instance of football, college football, at its finest. Love to see it. And as an LSU fan, it sucks. It's painful. That was a sucky night. But as a football fan, that was as good as you could ask for besides Jaden going out. That was as good as you could ask for in college football. CDM, you're the winning side of this one, so I will let you take over. Hey, give me your thoughts. On the tides turn around this season. Oh my God, dude. It's been a miracle. Honest <laughs> to God. It's been an absolute miracle. I mean, week two, we lost against Texas. I mean, it was a hit or miss, honestly, if we were going to lose to them. I mean, Texas is that Texas was that team at the beginning. Um, lost to Oklahoma. So, you know, lose Quinn years right now. So it's not looking too hot. Um, but the way this team is just built up week by week by week has gotten the connection, has gotten the energy, has gotten focused on what the ultimate goal is, how the coaching staff has come together, has, how Nick Saban has gathered every piece together and finally put the puzzle together and figured out how this team can really work. It blows, I mean, it blows my mind because, first off, I've never seen an Alabama team like this. I was struggling at the beginning of the season. When we played University of South Florida, I was like, oh, my God, we're absolute dog water. Yeah. We're garbage. What a turnaround then, then, man. Jeez. And then we come out and we play Ole Miss. We beat Ole Miss. We hold them to 10 points because their offense was scoring 50 points a game. And we hold them to 10 points. A miracle. Well, not even miracle, I would say. I mean, it was a, it was a, that was the stepping stone that we needed. That was the SEC game that we needed to win to really show people that we are still here to be threatened with. Um, Jalen Milrow week by week by week by week has gotten tremendously better as a player, as a quarterback. He doesn't rely on just his arm. He doesn't rely on just his legs anymore, even though his legs are the best part of his game. We saw that four touchdowns, 155 yards rushing, led the team, absolute unit, um, you know. But this team has shown me that we can go the distance with every team that we play against. Um, LSU was the biggest threat on the schedule so far. We got our revenge game from Tennessee, going down 20-7 to at halftime against Tennessee and then coming out and holding them to zero points. 
was awesome. I love to see it. The second half defense for Alabama, you don't want to play it. You do not want to play that second half defense. It's 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 um it's amazing to me that in the first half between Arkansas and um what was that other game that we played? Arkansas and Tennessee, when we played them, Arkansas in the first half, we played electrifying. We went up 21 to three in the second half. We bottomed out kind of. We almost lost. Tennessee was different. We were ass in the first half, and then the second half came out. We shut them down. Had the bye week, and it was a really good practice. And I knew when I saw Jalen Miro come out with that arm sleeve and that leg sleeve, I was like, oh, we're not losing. Right. Oh, we cannot lose this game. The dude's decked out, you know, look good, play good and that was a fact my man played good he played electrifying he did everything that he needed to do running the ball tremendous but the passing game to me for him has gotten 10 times better than where it was at the beginning of the season every time he threw the ball i would hold my breath and be like okay well this could be either a touchdown a first down or an interception depending on where the ball is going he has gotten better with the decision making he has gotten better with reading the pocket his pocket presence has gotten better not making idiotic decisions with forcing the ball downfield forcing the ball into coverage finding wide open guys um making plays last longer than they should. Um he's just play he's been playing he's been playing better football these past couple of weeks than I've seen at, than at the beginning of the season. Um the defense has just gotten better and better throughout the weeks. Um this LSU offense was the biggest test for us in my opinion. It was I mean it, I mean they showed it. They ranked LSU's offense ranked first in every category. And that first half, dude, I mean, that first half came down on the wire. I mean, if that was the game on the line, we were going into OT. I mean, 21-21 at half, and then LSU comes out that second uh, at the beginning of the second half, goes down, scores on their opening drive. I was like, okay, we're going to have another classic football game. And then we got the ball back. And then we just we, – we, we caught lightning in a bottle and ran with it. We played tremendous from wide receivers to offense. Offensive line played tremendous. I think this was the best game the offensive line has played. I think they have all come together now as a band and figured out what the problem was and how to fix it. Um, Jalen Miller has figured out his mistakes and how to fix them as well. And everybody's just figuring out – everybody's figuring out what this team is like. And this is the scary part is when Alabama figures it out, no, everybody is scared to go against Alabama. As mm. you just said, it's a very scary team to go up against in midseason form like this. Mm. So – I think this was the best. Obviously, this was the best game that we've played. This is the best game that this is the game where we looked like a sixty-minute football team. No, no penalties. No idiotic. Uh, no idiotic plays. No uh, pre-snap penalties that we've usually had. Um, I think uh, when it comes to second half, Alabama has outscored teams eighty-two to seventeen in the second half. That surprised me. I mean, that's a I mean, that's amazing. I mean, that's awesome to see that a defense can take hold of a game in the second half because that's where, I mean, the first half is where you start figuring everything out. The second half is where it all matters because that's where the game comes down to. And they figured it out. Tommy Reese apparently waited till this game to <laughs> open up the playbook. Yep. Obviously, he waited to open up the playbook because it was, I mean, this is the best game I've seen him call, dude. I mean, you could, I mean, you can vouch for it. Like the first couple of weeks, he, it was just like, dang. Yeah. Is Tommy Reese really that guy that we hired? Like, is well, he really? <laughs> I mean, dude. I mean, I honestly thought he was. I thought he was a bomb, dude. I agree with you. I thought he was dog water. But Nick Saban, you never count out Nick Saban. Nope. 
Never okay. count out the goat. And when you least expect it, he'll light your butt on fire. And this is what happened. No disrespect to LSU. LSU played one heck of a game. But at the end of the day, the tide continues to roll into a winning season. We go on to next week to play Kentucky. And then if we play, we beat them, we go to play Chattanooga. And then we end the season with Auburn. And we're sitting pretty right now. We're sitting pretty top of the West. Um, screw Ole Miss. Ole Miss cannot do anything. I don't care. Ole Miss is bums now. Ole Miss is cheeks compared to this. Uh, Ole Miss is not winning the West anymore. Sorry. I think, I think Chattanooga's got y'all's number. Dude, I honestly think so, too. I think Chattanooga is going to be the team to really hand us our second loss. It's what's scary. Oh, man. Oh, I don't even know any play. I don't even know their head coach. Man. <laughs> don't ask <No>. me. <laughs> exactly. Don't um, ask me. <laughs> but Jalen Milrow, the focal point for me is that Jalen Milrow showed me that he is the guy now, that I ride with four. And I put out on Twitter, personally, I said, I am sorry for everything <laughs> I said about Jalen Milrow at the beginning of the season. I am so, so sorry about that because – I was a hater, and now I am a believer, and I am a follower of Jalen Milrow and this Alabama team. So that's all I really need to say about that. Um, great game between two historic teams. This is what this is the game that makes college football every year. Nobody can change my mind that Alabama versus LSU is what everybody awaits for in the college football season because it's always going to be a game. There's some games where there's going to be blowouts. There's some games where it's going to come down to the wire. Last year was a wire game. This year was just, you know, we had the number. We had to come back with some revenge, and we finally got it done. Hey. How did you feel about this game, Nathan? Hey, man. Um, I do want to say, first things first. Oh, I, I'd also like to say this. Um, You remember when you said the Saban killers? Ah, oh, man. The Kelly killers are back, baby. Let's go. You got, <sighs> that, you got that out of your system? No, I wish I could play the Alabama fight song like you did last week for LSU, but I can't do that. <laughs> it's a, I guess it's, I guess it's only fair, right? I guess it's only play it for fair. me, babe. I guess it's only fair. That play I'm... it for me, babe. Let me crank the volume up on this real fast. I don't care. Right, fine. No. If you play the LSU fight song again, I'm gonna kill you. Sorry, guys. He's he's having to swallow some pride to play this amazing song. Why is it not playing? Because you hate us. Because you ain't us. I am trying to. I am literally trying to play this right. I now. understand. It's okay if you can. It's okay. We understand. You know. Hey, it's the effort that counts. No, it's I the mean, effort that counts. Hey, first things first. GG's amazing football game. GG's, sir. GG's. You know, shake yes. through the screen. Yes. Shake through the screen. Yes. Good GG's. Good GG's. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I do want to say this. I said it, I've said it, and I will keep on saying it. Jalen Miro is that guy, and he has been that guy. I'm so sick and tired. I was and I am sick and tired of this whole narrative that he is not a legit quarterback. Yeah, maybe maybe he doesn't play in the NFL. Who gives a crap about that? I'm talking about right yeah. now. This dude is the most athletic Alabama quarterback I have ever witnessed. I've said that since what what game did he play last year? A&M? Yeah. A&M game. Ever since seeing him play that game, I've said that, that maybe he's not the best player on the planet, but he's definitely better than Tyler Boucher, and I guess he's better than Ty Simpson. I mean, you know. Everybody's – Tyler Boucher should not be on the roster. I mean, Buckner, whatever his name is. I don't, Buckner, I whatever. I don't know. Um, But I just wanted to point that out, that I have been a quiet 
Milro defender. I've said it on here, but I've been a quiet defender of this guy for a while. And as a football fan, not an LSU fan, I do love seeing him thrive and play the game like he was built to play the game. And that's not saying he can't throw the ball. But, my God, he is as fast as lightning. He is oh my God, dude, so good. Insane. He is so fast. And I'm so sick and tired of this narrative that, hey, I get it. I get it. He wants to – I'm a throw, I'm a quarterback. I can, I, I'm, a, I'm a throwing quarterback. I get it. I respect that, Milro. Mm-hmm. I really do. But guess what? You run a 4-3. <laughs> you got moves. You got wheels, man. Use them. You, use them, brother. Use them. And I'm so sick and tired of this whole thing with him saying, I I am a passing quarterback and only that. I'm like, dude. No. Wait, did he say that? Yeah, he said I'm a passing quarterback. Oh, my God. Hey, I respect it. I respect it. Every quarterback says that about themselves. But at the end of the day, bro, you put up four rushing cuts, almost 200 rushing yards. You need to keep doing that. No, Tommy Reese needs to keep doing that. (laughs) Like Tommy Reese needs to find ways to get him the ball into open field. Yes. No offense to defense. Y'all's defense is y'all's defense is bad. It's bad. His defense is bad. So there's that. But I mean, I mean, when he gets the ball in his hands, man. First off, I don't know why y'all didn't have a QB spy on him. Really don't. That's a classic LSU move there. I mean, even if you did, are they going to catch up with him? I mean, there's no one that's no one was that fast in the football. He was the fastest player on the football field when they were when y'all on offense. And and that's my biggest takeaway is like uh, that's why Alabama's turnaround has happened this year is that they finally said we are committed to this guy and the team has rallied around him. And guess what? Players improve. Players learn. And that's what he's been doing every single week. He's shown the most growth of all y'all's quarterbacks. And I just wish I just wish they would have just committed to him day one, you know, and just and just said, This is your team. They, they don't ever worry about these other guys behind you. Those are your backups. And he might even be better than he is right now. Like we may have seen this game three, two, three weeks before this game. It feels like finally we they let Milrow be Milrow and also, put them in good situations, and like we like we said, LSU's defense is no world beater. They're not Ohio State. They're not Michigan. They're not even. They're not Alabama. They're not Georgia. But he may put them in situations where he was not forced to throw bad, throw into coverage, double, triple coverage. And when he didn't have, you know, um, and when he uh, had the option to run, they gave him that option to run. You know, like there was a lot of scrambles, but there was also a lot of quarterback design plays for him. And yeah. I thought that was the smartest thing ever. As an LSU fan, I was like, oh, my God, of course they just finally discover offense, their offense this game. <laughs> this is exactly what would happen against LSU is that they become the best offense in the country. Um, but at the end of the day, it's for me, I've been defending this guy since day one. I've said Milrow's a legit quarterback. Once again, he might not might not be a player that plays in the su- on Sundays, but man, oh, man. He is an athlete. He can lead this team, and it's it's beyond being able to throw. You know, what being able to throw like a CJ Stroud, or you know, uh, or have the anticipation of like a Bryce Young. Yeah, it's beyond that. It's beyond that. This is a new kind of a player, and he has got this team on his back, and he it feels like he's a true leader, and that's all you need sometimes to win these games. When you got a defense like Alabama's got, you got players on that defensive side, you got players on this offensive side, and when you're humming like this. I mean, no one wants to see this team. And I'm just happy to see that they are committed finally to their best quarterback, to their best quarterback. I've said that since day one. Milrow is a legitimate guy, 
And my biggest takeaway for uh, the Tide's turnaround has got to be Jalen Milrow's improvement throughout the season. Oh, yeah, for sure. Plus, also, if you're a defender and you see Jalen Milrow coming full (laughs) speed, do you want to get in front of that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Just let him run by. I would not, dude. When he runs, dude, he runs with a full head of steam. Yes. Like, he is coming for your – like, if you get in front of him, he's dropping a shoulder yep. in your chest. Yeah. And he's probably going to run you over. Because, I mean, he's a big bo- – like, he's a big body, man. Yeah. He's huge. Like, and I mean, he's gotten better with the intermediate – like, with the short to intermediate throws as well. Yep. He obviously has the deep bomb. Dude, we actually didn't throw many deep bombs his, this week. His pocket awareness, too. It's like one of his He's gotten so much better. It, it, I mean, that's his, one of his best strengths, it feels like, at this point now in the season. It's like – he, he he created so many plays in the pocket yesterday. Just just taking a couple steps back, a couple steps forward. The the, the one where he's fading to his left, fading to his left. Uh, the running back finally finds slips McClellan. Out. Finds McClellan for forty two yards. That's what I was about to say, dude. That right there yeah. was just first off, it was a good play by Jace McClellan because he wasn't even supposed to get the ball. No. He was a blocker. Yeah, but then he but then he saw the pocket collapse. He he branches out and just Jalen just tosses it over. And then it was I think it was after there was one play. Harold Perkins was in coverage, and Jalen Milrow just tosses. I'm talking about beautiful touch pass over to over uh, Perkins to Miller, yep. the running back, and he just takes it. I mean, he has gotten better and better every week. Yep. He has done what the coaches have asked him to do, not making, not putting himself in stressful situations. And I agree with you. I feel like the team has finally rallied around him. I was the guy that said Ty Simpson should be starting, but I've changed my mind over the weeks to see the growth in this young man and what he has done for this team. And I agree with you. The biggest turnaround is Jalen Murrow being the quarterback for Alabama. Yeah. We all knew what the talent this team had when it comes to skill players and on defense. It was all, it was all about the quarterback play and you're starting to see that quarterback play at a very high level out there in Alabama. Roll tie. All right. You got it from CDM. That'll do it. For our recap this week, amazing football! It was this was a awesome week of football. Dude, this bro. was a great week for college football. Oh my god, awesome week! So next week's good. Games. Hey, next week's good too. We next week's a good one. Very big games. Very big games. We're gonna get into that right after our playoff and Heisman watch, as well as our updated playoff prediction. Let's get into this CDM. Are we seeing any movement in your top six this week? Okay, so I'm gonna start six to one like I usually do at six. The Washington Huskies. Okay. Okay. I think going toe for toe for USC, but letting up 42 points is pretty big. So, you know, that's, uh, that brings you down a little bit. You put up 52, but you let up 42. So, you know, as I said before, fix the defensive side of the ball and you'll be fine. Mm. At five, I have Oregon. Oregon's just been dominant. As you said, they're one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in the country. They have just been dominating teams ever since that uh, Oregon-Washington loss, and they've looked better than Washington as well. So you got them over them even after the loss. Okay. All right. Oh, I mean, they've just been doing – I mean, they've been doing a lot more. I feel like they have just gotten – as you said, I don't know how much better this team can get. I really don't how much better this team can get. That's fair. At four – at four, I have the Florida State Seminoles. At four, uh, you know, struggled with Pitt last week, but you know, ultimately came out on top, twenty-four to ten. Need to figure out, uh, need to figure it out because you know they're going to win the ACC. They're going to win it, so they're. I think they make the playoffs no matter what. At three, I have, I have the Michigan Wolverines at number three. Okay, all right. I think just because like. 
uh, you know, the scandal, the cheating scandal shouldn't really have anything to do with it, but I feel like there's other teams and I feel like there's other teams in the country that have done a lot more than just blowout teams. I feel like they have had better wins than Michigan has as well, depending on resume. Um, at number two, I have the Ohio state Buckeyes. They have the better resume than Michigan right now. They've been doing better. They have played better competition than Michigan. They have struggled at times, but when they struggle, they come out on top. They also have Marvin Harrison Jr., the best wide receiver prospect in college football. Um, and then at number one, I have the defending two-time national champs who have done nothing to lose it, the Georgia Bulldogs at number one. So Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Oregon, and Washington. Sooner or later, we will see the Alabama Crimson Tide back in the top five. I was I was expecting you kind of try to slip them in there. Uh, I couldn't do it yet. I couldn't me, do it yet. I need either. I need Washington or Florida State to lose a game. Yep. I need one of those two because I mean Ohio State and Michigan. It's going to come down to the end of the season, obviously. Yep. But I need one of these teams to lose before I put Bama up there. But it's close. It's very much so close. Yeah, I would agree. It's tough. You can't take Oregon out, and you can't take it's Washington's undefeated and. It's tough. And Texas still has the win over Alabama, so it's like, oh my god, this. Yeah, is- I mean, yeah, you can't. I can't put them over Texas just because it's a non-conference loss. Mm-hmm. I can put Oregon over Washington, even though it is a conference loss. Oregon has just been dominating yep. teams compared to what Washington has been doing. Washington has struggled a little bit since that Oregon win. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'll go right here. Um, go on, brother. You're not going to see much movement for me at all. Probably won't. None. Number six, the Oregon Ducks. I want to move them up, but I can't. They've lost to the team that's in front of them. I'm holding strong with that team as well. So number six, the Oregon Ducks, even though they are absolutely dominating everybody, 63 points Mm -hmm. this weekend, insane. Um, Number five, the Washington Huskies, my team. I'm holding strong with them. They're going to find a way to win this whole thing. Just wait. You just got to wait. Just just wait. It's going to be cinema. We will see about that. We will see about that. Number, when it comes to Vegas, we'll see. Yeah, we will. All right, number four, this is my one movement that we will see in this week. In my top six, I got the Florida State Seminoles dropping down to number four for me. They were number three last week, but I have to drop Oh, them. I forgot about that. Yeah, I had to after the tough-ish game against Pitt and with the resume of this team in front of them, I have to give them their respects. Plus, Dima reached out to me and said boo to my top 25. So I have to give Ohio State a little bit of respect. I understand. I understand, Dima. I understand. And number three, I do have the Buckeyes sitting there. Like I said last pod, they have the best resume, but my eye test, man. I trust my eyes more than anything, and there's something telling me. It's it's also a gut feeling. There's something telling me that this team is not going to do it this year. And even though I had them as my number one team in the preseason, there's something about this team that I'm not not feeling. I'm not feeling it, and I'm I'm going to hold strong to that feeling. I don't know what it is. Maybe they blow out Michigan, and that feeling's gone. But for right now, if they blow out Michigan, I'm 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 going to laugh. Yeah. I'm going to like hysterically laugh till I cry because that's going to be funny. That would be pretty funny. That would be pretty funny. All right, number two, the Georgia Bulldogs sitting there at number two, holding that number two spot for me. And I am having the number one team as the sign stealing. Can't win a playoff game. I tried. I tried. All right. Michigan Wolverines at number one. How do you have Michigan at one, bro? Georgia hasn't done anything to lose the spot. 
I can't. I've I've made my bed, Carson. I can't. I can't dive off this thing anymore. Oh, you could totally mess that son. You can totally mess it up if you want to. I'll. I mean, I'll make it up for you. I'll make it right. I'll make it right for you. Uh, I can't. I gotta hold strong. Oh, oh my gosh. I gotta hold strong. We might see some movement. We might see some movement with a big win against Ole Miss. You never know. And uh, a tough game from Penn State. You might. You might see. Uh, you might see some movement there, but. I've made my bed, Carson. I've got to. I understand. Story. I understand. I understand. Make your bed. Make your bed. But when that thing comes crumbling and burning, it's okay. It's okay. Just let you. I'm. A, I have a shoulder for you to cry on when it happens. I might piss the bed, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on. Like I said, my number one, t- number one through six is Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, and Oregon. Let's get into our Heisman candidates. Heisman watch. Heisman watch. All right. This one is very tough. Very, very tough. We're at a point it's, in the season, man. It's coming down to the nitty gritty for whoever wants this award, man. It really is. And, man, I, I got to be honest. I have a little trouble with this one, man. I don't I'm making a change. I'm making a slight change real fast. Oh, we got to see. We're seeing a change here. Last I'm making a change. second from CDM. Wow. I guess I will I guess I'll get, get us going here. On these Heisman watch here. I'll dive right in. And number five for me. People might not like it. People will probably disagree with it. It's okay. You don't have to listen to me. I might be dumb. I might be stupid. But I have a lot of respect for this guy. And how he is carrying this team to a Big 12 championship. Give me Ollie Gordon at number five, running back for Oklahoma State. There's no way in hell that you just put him at five. Number five, Ollie Gordon. Where the hell's Marvin Harrison Jr.? Number four. Okay, never mind. Shut my mouth. Marvin Harrison Jr. at number four. All right. Okay. Hold your horses over there. Oh, pull the reins. Holding. I had to drop a guy out of here because three losses, you're out of the race for me. Sorry. Love you, Jaden. At number three, J.J. McCarthy. Oh, I like that. At number four, I mean, number two, number two, number two, number two. Michael Penix Jr. At two? At two. At Uh number one. Bo Nix, baby. Me. That's exactly what I just did. Bo Nix is number one in the Heisman watch for myself. Nate Dog says it first here. We might be seeing the one man that no one would have ever expected. They have campaigned since day one with this guy. The Oregon Ducks and its faithful has believed in this moment, and I'm starting to kind of believe with them. Right now, the betting odds is between these two guys, Michael Penix and Bo Nix, at plus 150 for for Michael Penix and plus 200 for Bo Nix. So it is a literally neck-and-neck pick-em when it comes oh, to yeah, odds. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, that Pac-12 championship comes down to oh, it. Oh, my God, it really does. So, all right, that okay. is mine. At five. At five for CDM, I have Jordan Travis at five. You know, had a little struggle bus against Pitt, so we're going to put him at five. At four, have Marvin Harrison Jr., best wide receiver prospect 
in a while, honestly. I mean, with a name like that, you can't go wrong. Dude's a monster. Dude has all the measurables to be one of the best wide receivers going into the NFL draft, possibly to go into the NFL so far. At three, have J.J. McCarthy at three. You know, even though even though he's not stealing signs, he's still part of it, but he's balling at the same time. So, you know, go. That's the play. And then at number two, Michael Penix Jr. Mm. And then number one, I had to make a slight change in this because I was, uh, you know, I had to really think about this. I have number one, I have Bo Nix at number one. Dude's been balling. Dude has one or two interceptions so far, still has an 85 QBR and still throwing above 70%, almost 80% completion percentage in college football. Insane. I mean, dude's a monster right now. I think, like, once again, he made the smartest decision of transferring from Auburn to Oregon. The first season at Oregon, you know, you had to play you had to play Georgia at the beginning of the season. That was a big bummer. But then he started picking it up. And this season right now, he has shown first off, he has the most career starts in college football. He has one of the I think he lead I think he has one of the most I think he has like the most touchdowns as a college football quarterback so far. Um, you know, it's, it's, this is, I mean, this is not the same Oregon team that was ju- that surrounded Justin Herbert. This is a different team for sure. Different play style, obviously. But Bo Nix is thriving in it. Bro, Bo Nix is, is showing what he can do. He is ridiculous, so, I mean, bro. These stats are insane. Dude, the stats don't lie, do they? The stats are good. These stats are so good. It's fucking, it's crazy. 2,723 passing yards. Like you said, 80, damn near 80% completion percentage. Yeah. 25 tuds, two interceptions, five rushing tuds, over 100 rushing yards. I mean, Jesus. I mean, come on now. Come on now. God. Can we see another Oregon quarterback come home with the Heisman? Can we see it this year? I think it'll come down to the Pac-12 championship for sure between Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix. But I think that will wrap up our Heisman watch. Now we go in to the playoff predictions. Yes, sir. Who are the final four teams to end the season, to go play for gold, for glory, for fame? I'll start this one off. Right. At number four, I have the Georgia Bulldogs. Okay. At okay. All right. At number three, I have the Alabama Crimson Tide making it back to the playoffs. Uh-huh. After, I mean, after the weeks that we've had, if we go into the SEC championship and beat Georgia, I think we are a lock for the playoffs for sure. At number two, this one was bad. This one was this one was tough because I had to knock down a team. I had to knock your team off. Putting Florida State Seminoles at number okay. two. All right. All right. And then at number one, I have – the non-cheaters with the best wide receiver prospect in the nation. I have Ohio State ending at number one in the playoffs. So number one, Ohio State. Number two, Florida State. Number three, Alabama. And number four, the Georgia Bulldogs. So just imagine we get an Ohio State-Georgia rematch, and then we get Florida State versus Bama. Insane. It would be pretty nice, wouldn't it? It would be pretty nice. I guess you don't have the same thing. I do, do not have the same thing as you. <laughs> this parody, though, I mean, I like this. This, you know, non, you know, similar things here. This is very different. Very different. Number four for me. I got a whole struggle. My Washington Huskies finding a way to go undefeated and making it into these playoffs. They gotta find a way. Gotta find a way. They will find once a again. Way. 
this weekend this weekend's a trap game dude yes it is this is a big one so uh this is a big measuring test where they can uh if they can compete and win massive against a possible Oregon matchup later in the year number three give me the Seminoles handling business Ooh. winning the conference undefeated getting to the playoffs now, will they get ran through? Absolutely. But will it be cool? Absolutely. Absolutely. Number two, Michigan Wolverines. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So Ohio State gets knocked out. Wait, what? How did Ohio State get two losses? Ohio State is knocked out of the playoffs with a one, How? one loss to Michigan. That's it. Every other team. Oh, yeah. They can't make the Big Ten championship if they lose to Michigan. Yep. yep. But if they have one loss, you got to put them in. Nope. Not, nope. Out of, um, not over a Washington team that beats Oregon twice. And Florida State's okay. undefeated. Nope. Not for me, at least. Okay. I got you. I got you. And number one, the Georgia Bulldogs, because they would have beat Alabama. Nah. Ole Miss. Nah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee. Georgia Tech. Yep. That's about it. They would have beat Alabama. That That's a better win than a win. Oh, against... Let's hope not. Let's hope we win. If we make it. We got to make it. Yeah, hey, got to handle business. But, yes, that is what I'm feeling. They will look at that resume and say, Michigan, you beat nobodies until you beat Ohio State. Georgia, you've handled your business without Brock Bowers. Yeah, we're going to give you that number one seed, even though I do think my, oh, Michigan is going to be number one at the end of the day. Um I do have them winning and making it as the number one seed in the playoffs. All right, CDM. Just to lose. Hey, hey, just you wait. If Michigan goes back to three straight and loses all three. I would 110% pick Washington to beat Michigan too, though. So I, I mean, uh, I could totally see that happening. I mean, first off, if they make it and they lose, that just shows that, that the cheating wasn't worth it. The cheating wasn't worth it at all. If they lose in the playoffs yeah. for a third straight year, well, I, I'm questioning everything. Yeah, that shows that there was zero competitive advantage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that shit did not work. <laughs> Guys, what happened? We cheated. We, cheated. we still lost. <laughs> Dang. Dude, are we doing a Pat McAfee thing right now? Come on, Nate. Jeez. I got to blurt that out now. Uh, it's okay. All right. Uh, let's get into these playoff game. I mean, these game picks. I'm losing my mind over here. We got to get out of here. Well, I'm tired. All right. Same. CDM, you have a 36 wins, 23 losses to my 32 wins and 27 losses. That's a four-game lead. I'm losing. I'm losing. What's going on? I'm, not I'm winning. This. Yes, you are. I just want you to know, next season when we do this, I'm I'm going undefeated, going undefeated next season. Not not missing a game. Okay. Not missing a game. Okay. I'm holding you to that. Yeah, I me too, honestly. So, um, all right. Hey, let's show the okay. viewers what we got here with game picks this week. These lines obviously Ooh. will shift throughout the week, but right now that's what we're looking at. Let's get right into this CD and let's start with the game. For Alabama, as they travel out to Kentucky for a massive matchup, SEC matchup. A lot of Ole Miss fans are begging and pleading for Kentucky to pull off one of the biggest upsets. Feels like 10.5 is not enough here, but CDM, what's I your thoughts? I think it's perfect. Okay, what are, you, what are you thinking in this game then? Um, 
you know, we're coming off a really big win, so I think we keep the momentum train going. I think we continue to uh, dominate, not really dominate, but show teams that we are here and we're still going to be here. So I'm taking, obviously, I'm taking Bama. Um, I think we win 38 to 27. What a All shock. we have, no, what a shocker! <laughs> uh, all we have to do, really, for Kentucky, if you shut down Kentucky's run game yep. and you just leave, if you leave the quarterback the ball, it's over and done with. Plus, I've never seen Kentucky. I've never seen Alabama go to Kentucky, so it's going to be nice to go to Lexington and just you know wipe the floor with them. <laughs> it's going to be nice, you know. Ten ten and a half is graceful. Ten and a half is very graceful. Um, you know, it's going it's going to be a good game. I think we win thirty eight to twenty seven. Thirty eight to twenty seven. That line has not moved since this morning. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm kind of with you, man. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of a better better win. I I believe that we see Alabama kind of take control of this game pretty pretty nicely, and then maybe Kentucky gets a late score to kind of try and uh, make the score look a bit better. So give me Alabama though, thirty four to seventeen late touchdown from Kentucky to make it look a little bit better than it actually was. Tennessee, what? You say thirty four seventeen? Yeah, thirty four seventeen, Bama. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, all right, Tennessee travels to Missouri after Missouri's hard-fought game against mm-hmm. the Georgia Bulldogs. Tennessee is actually a one-point favorite in this one. That feels a little weird. That feels, feels a, a little, little It does feel weird because, I mean, both these teams are good, but I feel like Missouri has a slight edge on them. Yeah, I mean, ranked higher. I mean, in the AP at least. CDM, what's your what's your thoughts on this one-point favorite? I mean, that's a pick of <sighs> I mean, it is a pick'em game for sure, especially Missouri coming off a really hard-fought loss against Georgia. You know, I really thought Missouri had that game, not in the bag, but I I thought they could really pull it out at the end. But you know, Georgia just came out on top for sure. Tennessee just played a nobody and put up like sixty points. So I mean, really, I mean, what do you have to really lose, Tennessee? I mean, you already have two losses. I mean, go in this game. If you win this game, you got to pray that Georgia loses to Ole Miss and possibly lose another game to take control of the East. Um, but I'm taking Mizzou. I'm taking Mizzou. I feel like they're going to bounce back. You know, they only have two losses. It's a two lo- It's two lost teams against each other. And I feel like this game, ha- I feel like this game has a lot more behind it than in like, than anybody else thinks about it. Yes. Uh, I think it's going to be as high scoring. I think it's going to be good, but I ultimately think that Missouri gets it done. I pick Mizzou going, winning 24 to 21. Okay. All right. Uh, same score difference we got here. Yeah, it's a little crazy to me. I, I like Tennessee and the improvements they've made throughout this season, but Missouri, they've played their butts off against, mm-hmm. you know, they should have probably beat LSU if they had any ounce of defense, and they were competing with Georgia for most of that game, and those are their two losses this season, you know, two of the best teams yeah. in the SEC and in the country. So, um, you know, and Tennessee, no, no, no slouch either. They had Alabama on the ropes, you know. This team has some pretty good wins, and their losses are not the worst of losses, I guess you could say. But Oh, that Florida um, loss was pretty bad. Florida loss is really rough. But, I mean, fighting against Alabama, I mean, they've shown they got that they got shut could, out in the second half. They did. Yeah, but they had a good lead, Carson. Jesus. But they got that <laughs> shut out in the second half. You're killing my point here. At the end of the day, I'm not picking them, so I don't know why I'm defending them. <laughs> okay, um, good, good, uh, good. Yeah, Missouri's going to get this win here because, come on, Missouri's just looked so good this year in moments, and Tennessee has too, but 
I don't know. There's a. I just think Missouri's just a better team here, man. That's just my, my god honest opinion. I think the they have the better quarterback. I feel like they have the better offense in general as well. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. I don't, I'm a little shocked. I'm just shocked that this is a um, one point favorite for Tennessee. It feels like that line might shift to Missouri by the end of the week because it is a home game for Missouri too. So, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that spread, but. Um, yeah, give me Missouri here. Like I said, same point differential, different score, 30-27. to 27. USC travels to Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, for a massive matchup within a- their conference. CDM, do you think the Trojans pull off the upset? Oh, my gosh, I have that spread wrong. Oh, my gosh, the graphic's bad. I have Oregon as the underdog in that one. Oh my god! Oh, that dude, what the heck? <laughs> that is wrong. It is supposed that to is be wrong. Oregon no. is fit. Oregon's fifteen point favorites. Yes, they are fifteen. Point oh favorites. my god! I just have that in the wrong spots. It's actually moved up to sixteen and a half by the time I made this graphic. So, well, so Eugene is one of the hardest. Is one of the hardest places to play in college football. Um, it is a tough environment to play. The crowd, the, the crowd's always there. They are, you know, Oregon Ducks are all, the Oregon Duck crowd will always play a factor in the games for sure. Um, it's a tough road win. It's a tough road game for USC, especially after coming off a, a big heartbreaking loss to Washington as well. Um, I don't think they get it done. Even though they just fired uh, Alec Grinch, I still feel like Oregon gets it done. I have Oregon winning forty-five to thirty-five. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give them a little, you know, ten point. 10 point lead right there. I'll give them that. But uh, at the end of the day, I feel like Oregon's offense has just been dominating nonstop so far. And I feel like their defense is going to be stepping up against uh, Caleb Williams and that offense for sure. And Lincoln Riley's not going to know what to do. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 Uh, Oregon is just cooking right now. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, do we really believe that USC will turn it around in one week? I no, I don't think so. Um, well, I mean, also, I mean, I, I, I'll give them some respect. I mean, they did go toe to toe with Washington, but Washington had moments where they just, you know, made smart plays, smart play calling, and ultimately came out on top. And I feel like Oregon, Oregon can get that done. Dan Lanning is going to play. I mean, Dan Lanning is coaching the best he's ever coached in his first season for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, this second season and he's one loss. I mean, he's one loss and that's just to a Washington team. Yeah. And only by three points. Yeah. 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 This one is very, um, but like you said, I mean, this one really does have some kind of some, it's just got something to it a little bit more because of Washington, you know, not being perfect these past few weeks. And, um, and and yeah, I'm not gonna pick against them. They're my team, you know. I'm not gonna do that. But um, at the end of the day, sorry, I was just stalling to get this graphic fixed. Um, no, you're good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, uh, yeah, sixteen and a half is actually the new spread here. But um, when I was picking it, it's just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not picking against this squad. And no. it's more about all right. Is the USC defense gonna show up late? You know, now that. They got a new guy in the building. Are they going to kind of play with some heart? And Yeah, there's a part of me that believes that they're going to play a little bit better, but there's also a part of me. I just don't know if they have the talent. I just don't know if they have the talent. To Wait, who is going to be their defensive coordinator this game? Yeah, did they? I bet they just brought up like a DB's coach. Let's see, USC. That's a, that's a great – that's a question, though, for sure. Defensive coordinator. It will be announced defensive line coach. 
Sean oh, Nua. Okay. Yeah. So the one, yeah, yeah. And associate, and yeah, and linebackers coach Brian Odom will take over. Doesn't say who's calling plays for him, but um, yeah, 16 and a half. That's massive. 73 and a half over under. I'm taking the Oregon Ducks and another massive 50 piece put on USC's head here. 51 points for Oregon in this one. 51 to 27. Dominance. Absolute dominance. Keep going on with the Pac-12. We have the Utah Utes going to Washington. Now, this is another trap. As I kept saying, this is a trap game for Washington. They got to watch out because it's Utah defense, even though they did get dominated by Oregon. Oregon Oregon has woke up a little bit more. So can Washington get it done against this Utah defense that has been has has looked good, but also not looked the best? Mm. Nathan, take it away for us, brother. Yeah, man. I mean, Utah. This this does feel like a game Utah Utah could really just you know shift the narrative within the Pac-12. Kind of a thing that no one was saying. Maybe this is a moment where we see the Pac-12 beat each other up and kind of start maybe taking themselves out of this playoff push. And I would not be shocked by that, but it does feel like you know Washington uh, that USC win. You know, you you put a lot a lot of points, and it feels like maybe that's a win. You know, all right, we got the win, but there's a lot to learn from that one. We've had some really tough wins that should have not maybe even been wins in the past few weeks. Makes me feel like they're going to get a little bit of a turnaround here on defense. Offense does what it does. Give me Washington and a nice little win here covering 41-24. to 24. Yeah, I'm going to take Washington with you. Um, they just got to be careful. Got to be careful yes. with this Utah team, especially yes. on the defensive side of the ball. You don't know what they're going to throw at you. Um, Michael Penix Jr. just needs to continue what he's doing, and that's balling out. Yep. Um, you know, wide receivers and everybody around him keep doing what they're doing. I mean, it's I mean, this offense is this offense is insanely good. Mm. So I'm gonna take Washington with a score of 35 to 21. 35 21, Washington. All right, all right, CDM. All right, let's get into these massive games for the rest of the night. The two biggest games of the day. That spread was at three and a half. Now it's at four and a half. Michigan is favored. Heading out there to Happy Valley. Massive, massive, massive implications in this one. Penn State could put themselves right back in that conversation of maybe making that Big Big Ten championship with a win here and some luck from Michigan. CDM, you got your Nittany Lions pulling off the upset. Four and a half, that's not a lot. Could not even pick this game, dude. I don't even know. Like, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't even know. I really don't know because this game can go either way. I want to pick Penn State, but every time I pick Penn State against these teams, they always end up letting me down. Um, but also, I don't want to pick Michigan because of everything Michigan has been accused of doing, but also everything else that has come out about the Big Ten as well. Um, I didn't make a decision, but now I'm going to make a decision. It's going to break my heart. Okay. We are Penn State, baby. Let's go, Nindy Lions. Nindy Lions, baby. Nindy Lions are going to come back to Happy Valley. Whiteout game. Going to show the Michigan Wolverines that, hey, you may steal signs, but you're not stealing this win from me. Michigan is going to lose this game. Getting that first loss before the Ohio State game is going to be a score of 24 to 21. I still think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a close game. But that defense, as you said before, that defense is what – oh, I'm sorry, lady. I woke you up. Um. Sorry, I have a dog now. Oh. Um, 
Penn State, I mean, that defense is good. This is the best defense that Michigan will play all season besides Ohio State. Um, John Franklin has got to show that he can beat a top. James. James. Oh, I said John. James Franklin has got to show that he can play and beat a top 25 team. He is not – the resume shows that he is not the best when it comes to beating teams like that. But you have to come out this time and show because if you win this game – you're back in the race to make a Big Ten championship game, and then you're back in the race to possibly making a playoff game. You just need Ohio State to lose that last game of the season. So I'm taking Penn State. It may be a bad one, but ultimately I'm going to stick with my boys in Happy Valley. That place is one of the hardest places to play. Mm. Um, give me Penn State 24-21. to 21. I respect your passion. I really do. I understand that you have to go against it. It's fine. And I really might be putting for Penn State in this one because I do love Penn State. But this is our first sample size of Michigan versus a good team. And I believe that defense will be just as good as it's been. I do think the offense might struggle early on. But we'll put up enough points to get the job done here, out there, in Happy Valley. Four and a half. That's a a nice little – that's a nice one to say, all right, Penn State wins it. Four and a half saw that bad. Yeah, like, I, would, I mean, they could totally do it. I could see that cover, but um, I think Michigan pulls it off um, and gets the cover here. Give me Michigan 24-13. to 13. We're gonna see a good, Honestly, that's good not bad. Battle. That's really not that bad. Good defensive battle, man. It's going to be a good defensive battle in my opinion. So. 24-13 is not that bad. I'll take that. I'll take that. Take but that. when Penn State wins, you know, I'll give you a call. I'm going to be – I'm gonna be Bad off. <laughs> There's no way I make a comeback in these records now. Um, no, no, no. If Penn State wins, you, you may be done. It's over. It's it's done. It's dead. So hopefully I can get this next game right. This is their last one of the day. Ole Miss travels out there to Georgia. Athens, Georgia. Their biggest game Ugh. of the season. Both teams, honestly. This is the biggest game yep. of both their seasons. This kind of – you know, outlines the rest of their season and what they have to do to kind of make it to that playoff, maybe even possibly make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Ole Miss still needs some help. But Georgia, driver's seat in the East and has pretty much – and then they control their destiny. So, and there's no pretty much. They do control their destiny. So. But we figured out one thing, Nate. Mm-hmm. You never pick against Georgia anymore. Never pick against Georgia. I think we're in agreement here. I think we both know where this is going. I think everybody should know that we, me and Nathan, both pick Georgia Bulldogs yes. to win this game. No. But what's your score prediction in this one, brother? Yeah, man, I really do believe it's going to be a good game. 11 and a half is a nice little, you know, I, I could feel an Ole Miss backdoor cover here, you know, maybe a, about a 13-point a game in the fourth, fourth quarter. Might see a touchdown, maybe a field goal and a touchdown here from Ole Miss to make it look, uh, you know, maybe, 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 maybe try to make a comeback late but not pull it off. Uh, at the end of the day, not picking against the Bulldogs here. Give me Georgia 34 to 31. CD, what you got? I'm going to throw a switcheroo on you. I'm just joking. I'm not, not going to do that. I can't do that. Grenade! <laughs> I can't do that. No, I am. I'm taking Georgia, you know, Georgia, number one team in the nation, two time defending champs. Uh, We say it every we say it every pod. I'm going to continue to say until someone proves me wrong that they are not the number one team. Um, You know, Nate over here has Michigan. So obviously he has something else up his sleeve that I don't. (laughs) As you see, as you see, I'm still in signs. But I have Georgia winning this game. I feel like it's going to be a better game than people think it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be a lot closer. Um, I have Georgia winning by a score of 38 
to 35. Mm, I feel like it's going to be that close of a game. And we got I some think, similar scores here. Very similar scores this week. I mean, I'll be really happy if Ole Miss pulls it off. I will be con- oh, yeah. I will be extremely happy. I know you but, but that will conclude our game picks and the pod for College Kings. Brother, another week of college football down the books. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. It's almost over, and I'm getting very sad. Yep. All right, CDM, right now, as we wind down in this pod in this in this college football uh, season, give me your – one of your, give me your favorite college football moment of your life. College, oh, dude, two in the national championship, second and twenty six for the win. Obviously, yeah. that's my favorite moment of all time. You cannot. T- First off, it's in a championship game, and then you get put in the second half as a freshman. I mean, what else better than that? Yeah, I'd probably go kick six. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> You're an asshole for that. <laughs> You, there's a special place in hell for people like you. Uh, that's the end of the pod right there. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> All right, CDM. Thank you once again. Another, thank you, everybody, another for another great week. We will catch you back next Monday after another great week of college football. Yes, indeed. Hey, follow us. The bar down below. It's been running all pod. Go to YouTube you, to find it. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. TikTok soon. I'm getting it. I'm getting a TikTok account for this page soon. So I promise you, we'll be on TikTok. Yes, it will be very, very soon. We are doing that because uh, it's a nice little avenue for us. Uh, some, some it's a nice one. Yes. So once again, thank you all for listening or watching College Kings. Once again, presented by Nate Dog Sports. We will see y'all next week. Peace. Deuces.